Yeah, I mean, you definitely helped me uh, appreciate Christianity in a different in a different lens. And it's cool because you went through everything else. Okay, everybody, welcome to another episode of the Your Mate Tom podcast. In this episode, we have Dakota Wint or Dakota of Earth, which is the name of his channel. Which, have, and you know, Dakota of course is a very good friend of mine. We've gone through a lot of adventures together. And I think this is like the fifth podcast we've done together. And originally we were going to interview Tommy Chong. So when you hear us talk about, you know, waiting for Tommy Chong to appear, he never does. <laughs> there was a bit of a time zone mix up, but it did end up happening anyway. So if you do want to check out our Tommy Chong interview, check out the description box. There's a link over there. And, you know, he didn't show up, but it was all good anyway, because we just took advantage and had a nice conversation between myself and Dakota. And of course, if you guys have listened to our previous conversations, we always go down weird rabbit holes. And, you know, this time we talked a lot about our India trip and our wacky adventures. And I even put some footage in there, especially at the end, to give you guys a bit of context. <laughs> man, I was, every time I think about our India trip, it's like, man, I can't even believe that happened in reality. And, you know, we talked about psychedelics. I think Dakota even mentioned his mushroom experience and he asked the mushroom to reveal its true form. So, yeah, have a listen and see what he says because it's very, very interesting stuff. And, you know, like always, we talk about Christianity, talked about Satanism, the occult, bit of hermeticism, weed addiction. Definitely a very interesting conversation, which I'm sure you guys will enjoy. And if you do enjoy it, please feel free to give us a like, subscribe, and go to our iTunes and Spotify where you can check out the Your Mate Tom podcast. You know, give us a nice review. And yeah, also, if you want to check out an exclusive podcast with myself and my fiance Yesenia, it's called the Tom and Yesenia Dimension. You can go on patreon.com slash Tom, and there is a $5 tier level where you get access to all our episodes. Right now, there is 14 episodes out now, but I'm about to upload two more. So that's a 16 total episodes of exclusive content. This podcast is completely sponsored by you guys and especially our patrons. So thank you to the guys on the screen who are our top patrons for making this all happen. Truly appreciate it. And yeah, anyway, that's enough rambling. Enjoy the party. Peace. on everybody we've got dakota here and we're just waiting for our mate tommy chong uh we had a chat what, when did we talk to him last like a few months ago yeah that must have been uh january february yeah t- time's been weird during this lockdown march i think <laughs> yeah hopefully he remembers this time <laughs> oh yeah well, yeah when we were, went to talk to him we were like uh, wouldn't it be funny if he was like super stoned and forgot to forgot he had like a podcast scheduled with us? And then the time <laughs> came, we were like, he's not here yet. And then like 30 minutes went by, an hour went by. We were like, uh, and then he finally pops in and he's like, oh, sorry, guys, I forgot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was like the most Tommy Chong thing he could have said. Yeah, good, so good, good, good intro. Yeah, I was yeah, uh, like, we were just talking about before, I just watched up in smoke because i haven't seen that since high school and it was like blowing my mind because i really want to ask him about this because this was made in like 
in the late 70s. And could you imagine making a weed movie at that time? Like how that would have affected the pop culture or what people would have yeah, thought of it. Yeah, that's interesting. Like, yeah. I mean, to think, to think about how cautious we have to be about making weed videos on YouTube, which is just like, we're just like people with a camera, you know, with an iPhone in our, in our rooms. Oh yeah. To make like a, a, a high budget Hollywood film about weed is, yes, yeah, it's, it's interesting, especially in those times. I got a, like two of my weed videos got age restricted the other day, but they were like about weed addiction. So it wasn't even, it wasn't anything to do with smoking weed or anything that YouTube's like, nah, I don't get how they, if you want to quit weed, weed, you got to be 18 years old. <laughs> or something. <laughs> yeah, like I don't that. understand. I don't understand the algorithm and how they determine which videos to flag and which not to flag. Yeah. But I think, uh, just in case, because a lot of people ask me like, oh, have you still quit and stuff like that? I think I've got to stop using the word quit because it's like, I'll quit. I'll go into these cycles. Well, like I'll smoke weed for a long time. I'll get to that breaking point where I'm like, all right, this is, this is way too much. I'm getting too lazy and unmotivated. Mm -hmm. And then I'll quit weed. It'll be super motivated. I'm like, yes, this is the best. And I'll have like one joint, maybe, I don't know weeks later, months later, however long it is. And then it's like, it's so easy to kind of whoosh, go hundred percent back in. And that's something I, I yeah. really struggle with. And I'm like, it's like, I'm trying to have my cake and eat it too. And I, I, but I don't, I don't want to be so extreme where it's like, I either have to smoke weed all the time or nothing at all. Like I really want to have that balance, but I don't know if I have it within me. What do you think? <laughs> yeah, I know. I feel it too. No, I feel it too. Like I, I did so good at Arcana when I was working at Arcana, the ayahuasca center, there's no, no one smokes weed and we don't smoke weed there. So it's like, I was there for a few months, absolutely no weed afterwards, no weed. And then now I'm home and I started smoking a little bit. And it's just like, I just love laying in bed and just like eating and drinking smoothies and just being like a little fat ass. And it's, uh, yeah, it's so easy to get sucked into it. It's, I, I and think I feel proud part. of myself when I, when I'm not, when I like take the break, I'm like, Oh yeah, man, it's been good. I feel good. My dreams are coming back. Mm. I lose my dreams when I smoke a lot. That's crazy. I, I get like vivid dreams regardless. That's what's really true. Cause I've heard from like 99% of people when they stop smoking weed. I mean, yeah. When they stop smoking weed, they start having dreams again, but I super get, vivid ones. Yeah. I get dreams all the time regardless, but obviously when I quit weed, it's like, next level I'll, I'll have more like there's more of a chance that i could have like a lucid dream or something that's really really potent yeah you know i feel like people that have that have really intense dreams have uh deeper psychic abilities mm. you're like i feel like people that that can really uh go far out in the dream world are tapped into some deep level of creativity or something do you think those same people would be ultra sensitive to psychedelics yeah, I bet so. Hmm. Well, cause I'm just, yeah. I, I don't think I have any psychic abilities at all, but I am a dream. I have very powerful dreams and I'm very sensitive to psychedelics. You know, I feel, I don't know. I don't know what a psychic ability, like what is a real psychic, psychic ability? I feel like I'm almost, it's just sort of being sensitive to the environment, being, sure. uh, feeling, right. feeling sort of what, is go, like feeling the vibe of what's going on. Cause I mean, you can read people by looking at them. I feel like if you're 
sort okay. of sensitive enough and especially on psychedelics when you're on psychedelics you can definitely read people yeah it's interesting like yeah it's interesting you say that because with the psychic abilities maybe being more sensitive to people because i would say i'm very quite sensitive i can read people yeah like if someone has like is a bit off or having a down mood i can like feel it immediately or even if i'm watching a movie and then someone next to me is not paying attention it takes me out of the movie <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah me too i yeah, hate yeah, that yeah. i hate it's like stop moving like... hey if you want to watch yeah. the movie can you please immerse yourself <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah i'm, I'm like a tyrant if you're gonna watch a movie with me you better watch the whole thing <laughs> it, cu it cuts or when you want to like, like, show like, someone a movie and you're so excited to show them and they're just not <laughs> as interested to watch it it's like fuck I know, it's, movie, like, it's a masterpiece got a left tear running down your cheek it's okay it's okay <laughs> Yeah. Did you see that movie? Uh, it's on Netflix. It's a Netflix original. What's it called? I'm no longer here. I'm no longer this here. Called? I don't think so. <clears throat> <clears throat> yeah, I'm no longer here. It's uh, it's about like this Mexican street gang that that loves Colombian cumbia and. Huh. Uh, it's kind of like an artsy film a little bit, but this, you know, like someone gets killed and the kid has to run away and it's a really good movie. Wow. He comes to America. He escapes to America and he like lives in this guy's, uh, above some guy's shop, like a, like a, above like a, like a liquor store. And like, he doesn't speak no English. It's a really good, really good. You'd like it. Okay. Well, it's a, a Netflix movie. <clears throat> yes, yeah. so I'm assuming I'm it no came out here. quite recently. Yeah, just last year, I think, huh. 2020. Uh, I think it won it won some awards or something. I'll send him the thing just in case. Yeah, because uh, he said he got it and he joined. So, but I don't know. Hey, John, he's do you see? You don't see his name on the side. Here's the link, just in case. Like it said, he joined like through the email like hours ago. Like he joined the meeting before I started it. I don't know. Here's the link just in case. Boom. Done. Boom. And he pops up in a puff of smoke. A wild Tommy Chong appears. Hey, man. Hey, what's going on? Nah, he's really cool. I, I really like Tommy. Has like a really humble heart. I like your YouTube play button. You got like the new school one. Oh yes. The whole silver the whole silver plaque. Yeah. <clears throat> I just got just the silver plate button in a normal plaque. Oh yeah, because you you reached hundred just behind like the glass ages ago. Yeah, a long time ago. What are you like almost half a mil now? Yeah, almost cool. five hundred thousand. Congratulations. Quite a milestone. It's a lot Slow. of people. Every time I, f I think it's about a lot of how people, many people the... watch my stuff, it just gives me like an existential crisis it's like no nah, it's too much i can't think of yeah this. it's weird like to really think about it it's not like looking at a number like oh yeah ten thousand views and sometimes you'll even look at ten thousand it's like oh man my video only got ten thousand views i have this many subscribers yeah. and you look at it as like a bad thing but then when you look at the reality of it it's ten thousand people looking at your video it's pretty good yeah it's pretty weird it's very weird i wonder like, what, what do you think like the average amount of a television show gets like just like a normal television show 
Oh man, I, I would have. I would imagine that like it'd a, be much less now than what it was pre-YouTube. Yeah. It would yeah, depend wonder, on what show, like what, like something like Game of Thrones or something. No, just like a normal daytime TV show. This, okay. I, I mean, I don't know. I don't even know what's on TV anymore. Like Pawn Stars or something like that. Hmm. I would have no idea. Man. I wonder like if it's like six, six o'clock, 10,000 people, 100,000 people. They would have to have their business model like really tight with sponsorships yeah. and i don't know i don't even know it can't even be affiliate links because you're watching it on tv <laughs> yeah well i think it works the same way youtube works like those those uh the commercials pay for the slots yeah yeah and based on how many viewers you get is how much the that slot is worth i'm surprised people still watch tv man yeah me too actually like watching ads and you, like you have to follow their schedule of when you can watch what particular show. Nah. Yeah, it's weird. Oh, like on one hand, it was like, it's not that it was too bad. Like once you remember it, it's just going back after opening Pandora's box. It's really difficult, but maybe we're too comfortable now. Cause like you can just binge watch a show in like a day instead of actually waiting one episode a week, you know? Yeah. But I kind of, I prefer having the, having like the uh the option to just be like an uncontrollable freak and the commercials in between i remember dude i remember watching like dragon ball z back in the day and have to watch one episode per or five days a week and it'll take yeah, you like right? two years to get through the entire saga and now you can just like <laughs> smash it out it's been 84 years and <laughs> anime lab yeah we've been watching uh avatar yesterday that was pretty good the, the last cartoon. airbender a lot of people love that show yeah it's really good it's really good it's like a it's, it's deep, like an anime but it's right? american it's really weird but cool it's american produced yeah it's completely american but it looks like an anime it's even based in like asian countries they even have asian a lot of people have like asian accents interesting i, I know i'm overgeneralizing with asian i just don't i'm not that much of an expert to pinpoint exactly. I see he has a northern Mongolian accent. Yeah, this person's got more of a northern. Yeah, it's weird because even Vietnam, Russia, Vietnamese, <laughs> Russia is Asian, right? Yeah, technically it is. They 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 got that that look. I'm pretty good at pinning down Asian accents. Like, are you? You can tell a difference between a Chinese and a Korean accent. Yes, and I, I'm not going to do it now. Instead of getting, I don't want to get cancelled. <laughs> I was about to do it. Nah, uh, yeah, I can tell. Like Japanese, like it's really easy. It's good. What's it? What are the difference? And then Chinese is more. No, Vietnamese is more like you go to the top and go to the good. You know, got that kind of thing going. Uh -huh. uh, and then Chinese. Nah, I don't know. I can't do Chinese. I can tell though if I hear it, and I can tell by the complexity of their skin. Cause I grew up in Australia, so we dude, especially Melbourne, with it's yeah, more I mean, Asian Australia is kind of Asian, right? Oh yeah, definitely. You're Asian. I'm pretty sure. Oh, the continent, yeah, because it's like Pacific Eurasia, or no. Uh, I'm pretty sure it's part of that. And we're really close to all the Asian countries, like the Indonesia, Thailand. Yeah, just like a. Super close to Bali, right? Just like an hour flight or something. Yeah. But I'm pretty sure 
China owns like almost or more than 50% of Australia in terms of land and properties. And yeah, they own everything. I've been seeing that they're buying everything in Africa too. Man, they got that. Where did they get all that money from? America. (laughs) (laughs) America. Yeah, I don't know. I've got to brush up on my Chinese history. I've been saving money for an Africa trip. Ethiopia, right? Yeah, I go to Ethiopia, to Kenya, to what's it called? Tanzania? Tanzania. To Tanzania and then Uganda. That picture that you sent me of the that old school, that ancient Bible that they found in Ethiopia. That's crazy, yeah. man. Wow. Yeah. Super cool. You know, the oldest church is in Ethiopia, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, because they're, they're uh, like Orthodox, aren't they? I'm pretty Super. sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, and it's so very... cool to see like, like, so you would be able to see like those ancient texts and how they actually haven't changed over time. It's like, yeah, how they haven't changed. It's that's what always blew my mind because I always assumed that the Bible has been fucked with since the beginning and it's always like kind of changing. But when I did my own research, I realized that it hasn't been changed. It's been translated in different languages, but that's not changing the essence of what it is. You know what I mean? Like some languages might have different semantics, but I think the essence is pretty much the same. Yeah, well, maybe we should just learn Hebrew and learn and actually read the like OG Bible. That'd be pretty cool. I mean, yeah, that'd be interesting to, especially to go see with like. I wonder if it's written in Hebrew, the one in Ethiopia. Yeah, I wonder, because I think the language that like Hebrew uses is like <clears throat> it's very symbolic. Because the way that really? Eng- the English language is, I think it's phonetic. So the way that our English language is created it kind of influences our thinking and how we perceive the world. So it's very kind of like specific. It's not like we don't have like English, the English language doesn't have like a holistic kind of symbolic right. language, like let's say Hebrew or something like that. So then when we read the Bible from a 21st Western lens, it doesn't make as much sense. You know? Would you come if you me, come Hey? stuff starts opening back up would that be a thing you're interested an adventure you're interested in dude i'm of course Go i'm always it. up i'm always up for an adventure there's something else there's like it's called like the don kali depression or something like that donny kali depression where it's like the hottest place on earth and it looks like it looks like a like a like a a mad scientist had an experiment and it went wrong and took over the environment wow neon green ground and stuff it's like this crazy place and you can uh, hike up this is in ethiopia oh you can hike up to this volcano and sleep on top of the volcano at night so it'd be like it's like remember like what we did in india by pakistan we slept outside on the thing with the beds outside yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. on top of a volcano wow yeah that'd be sick man yeah i've been i've been like uh just doing research on interesting places to go and saving some money. Oh man, that'll be sick. If you, if you can, if stuff opens up, you should come. We'll do a whole Christian pilgrimage. We'll go to all these like far out rural churches in the middle of nowhere. And yeah, that'd be, like, that'd be really cool. I've been wanting some, I'd also love, I'd love to go to like the middle East. I've never been there. 
go to like Jerusalem and all yeah. those holy grounds. I know that's I don't a know lot if of I'm chaos. Let me in. I'm nervous about going. Is there only one country? Ah, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel like, especially right now, I don't feel like they'd let me in. We have to, I'd have to wait for it to cool down. Hmm. Search my name. I had so many of these these pro uh, Palestinian Instagram pages posting my videos from Palestine that I feel like I just know that they got my name on a list somewhere. The Israeli uh, military does. But well, you have to go. I yeah, mean, yeah, yeah. It. Yeah, I'll go. Because like, I know the stories a little bit more now, so I'll be able to be like, oh, cool, this is the place where... And uh, go to Palestine too. Go into Palestine. Yeah. What do they we'll see? Where Jesus what do they speak? Born? Aramaic, English, and English and Arabic. I think. Oh, okay. Is Arabic different to Aramaic? Because I heard that um, Aramaic is the lang is the spoken language that Jesus used. Like Chaldean that, that was his that, that, that was his day to day language. It was Aramaic. Aramaic, yeah. No, I don't know if people speak Aramaic anymore. Do they? Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. I, I, I'm I'm starting to think that it's like an old, older language that isn't as Let's alive see, today. Pull it, <laughs> pull it up, Jamie. Aramaic Aramaic is still spoken by a scattered communities of Jews, Mandaeans, and some Christians. Small groups of people still speak Aramaic in different parts of the Middle East between five hundred thousand and eight hundred and fifty thousand. Hmm. Yeah, that, I used that to have ex-girlfriend that spoke Aramaic, I think. Oh, really? Oh, Chaldean, which oh. I think is a form of Aramaic. How was that relationship? It was like my first girlfriend for like six years. I think we were together. We were like wow. uh, high school sweethearts. Well, that's a long time. Yeah, Chaldean is Neo-Aramaic. Yeah, she moved away. Oh, it's heartbreaking. Oh, it was one of those, like the notebook type stories. I don't know if you've ever seen that movie. Mm. The girl moves away. Mm. Actually, it wasn't too bad. <laughs> yep, one of those. Yeah. But yeah, she spoke, she spoke Aramaic. She spoke a, like a newer version of it. Because I remember the Passion of the Christ, whatever language they speak in that, she could speak that language. Oh, so, so in the Passion of the Christ, was that? Was that like an Arabic? Aramaic. Oh, okay, okay. Definitely not Aramaic Latin. Dialect. No, I don't think so. No, no, no. Because Latin was imposed later, I think. Yeah, Mel so Gibson's it's hard. A, yeah, badass, a badass director, Mel Gibson is. Oh, man, he's incredible. Because I, I, I remember watching Passion of the Christ when I was a kid. I was like, okay, whatever. Like, it was pretty messed up. I remember it sticking in my mind. But then I rewatched it like in the past six months and it's like actually like it's genuinely a really well-made movie like the cinematography the writing the acting it's, it really yeah, puts you in there man it's like wow it's so it's really powerful it's not an easy movie to watch definitely yeah, not um did i ever tell you i don't know if you remember fernanda from arcana yeah I remember. that she's uh mel gibson's neighbor in costa rica he owns like a big house down the street from there <laughs> what seriously yep. and her her ex-boyfriend fernando's ex-boyfriend was in construction in that area like he would build all the stuff in that area and he built 
like a bunch of stuff for Mel Gibson's house. Apparently in Mel Gibson's room, he has a big painting of himself in the room, a big portrait of himself in wow. his own room. She said the house is super badass though. That's crazy. Is he still doing movies and stuff? Because I remember he fell off the map for a while because he cracked it. Uh, you remember when South Park did the thing where he like stole the school bus and yeah, <laughs> like touch me, yes, touch my nipples, I can take it, <laughs> show it up my ass, <laughs> go on. He's <laughs> like has that uh, is obsessed with torture and stuff. <laughs> Let's see reports. Mel Gibson engaged. He's getting engaged. Takes a big crap, sprays shit on Cartman's face. <laughs> How do they get away with that show? I don't understand. I don't know. I, I feel like even sometimes they try to get cancelled. Like, because I was watching a, a, one of the later seasons and at the end of the episode, it said, like, hashtag cancel South Park. Like, they wrote that stuff. And even they got banned in China. They did a whole thing on China. And I was like, wow. The, I feel like they're the only show that really goes to those places, like completely fearless. Yeah, like like the Muhammad thing. If it wasn't for Comedy Central, like you know, stomping their foot down, they would have definitely have put him in there, not censored. But then they get they, they always talk about though. That they always get confused though because it's like, but I don't get it because on season five, we did an episode on the Super Best Friends and we drew Muhammad. Yeah, I remember that, mm-hmm. and that still plays. So why is it such a big deal now, you know? I think because probably after that episode, some a cartoonist or something got beheaded in public. Something like that. So they were just scared. Yeah, something like that. I think no, they I think those guys they went into uh to the cartoonist place, like the newsroom where the cartoonists were and shot it all up, killed all of them. In France, I think it was. That's interesting. I never got that. Why yeah, can't you? Crazy, crazy. Why crazy. can't you draw him? Uh, I don't think it, they don't. No one knows what he looks like. I don't think. So it's like blasphemous to say that you know what he looks like. Hmm. Interesting. Because even in the in the Quran, he it's not like Muhammad was divine or or God or anything like that. He was a a prophet. A well-regarded prophet in their yeah in their is. worldview, yep. but he wasn't like any he he didn't have a divine nature. So like I'm saying like if if he was like proclaimed himself to be God, then I could understand like yeah, don't draw this. You know, you shouldn't draw the face of God or something. I'm, I'm right. just trying to, I'm just trying to understand like why the reason behind it, the logic yeah, behind it. I don't, I don't it. really understand his position in the story. I know he was like a warmonger he fucking he was ruthless was he yeah i heard people say that i hear like a lot of criticisms are like he was a warmongering pedophile and he had like a 12 year old wife or something yeah he did yeah it was normal back then but he had like eight yeah he had a lot of wives sex slaves and stuff like that and it's not like putting him down for doing that because it was back in the day but if you're going to be a religious prophet i think the standard should be yeah. <laughs> a, li- a little bit higher that's all I'm saying. <laughs> a good example, yeah. sort of thing. <laughs> but I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. It is interesting, very interesting religion. How it's, it's all, 
it's almost like the, the Judaism, Christianity, and Islam. It's like all starts from the same origin, but then yeah, it's like a comic book. It's like it's all the same universe, but different comic books. Yeah, from what my understanding, I was like Judaism and Christianity is like canon, and then the Quran will be like maybe kind of like a fan fiction or something like that because they change things they change certain things whereas like if you look at the new testament it perfectly reflects the old testament in every way so it's like a cohesive one one cohesive book that makes sense hmm. and then the quran comes along and says oh yeah jesus didn't die on the cross or he didn't get crucified so it's like oh you're already taking like the, one of the most important things of the bible and just saying oh yeah, yeah nah, that didn't happen and that's because Muhammad said that? Yes. Hmm. So, I don't know. And do Christians, do Christians and Muslims and Jews get along? I think real Christians, Jews and Muslims get along. Yes. Yeah. Like if you're a true Christian or if you're a true Muslim or if you're a true Jew. Obviously, the Jews and, you and have... Muslims, get, they fight. Ah, oh, yeah, true. No, but if you've got well, you peace, really hear, if you've got you peace really in your heart, about... I don't yeah, see how, you know what I mean? Like, even if I, there's a lot of beliefs that I don't agree with, but if you're a good person and you're honest, I'm still going to respect you. I might have a conversation with you and to tell you why you might be wrong, but I'm not going to, I'm not going to hate on you. Like, I, I just yeah. don't, I don't understand that aspect of it. Because you've got to have compassion and, you know, people are born in different situations and it's not easy. And especially like in Islamic countries, for example, like if you become a Christian, you're dead. You're discommunicated really? with your family. Yeah, man. It's like really serious stuff. So that's why when a Muslim kind of goes into, has that kind of Christ moment becomes a Christian, it's like a really big deal. It's, and it's like yeah, opposite you know, of confirmation okay. bias. It's like, you have every right. reason not to do it, you know? So it's a, and apostates get like a lot of crap and death threats. Cause I, I've been watching like, uh i'm subscribed to a few muslim channels some like tr uh fundamental muslims and some who are like apostates what they call them so people who left the faith what's that mean like people who leave the faith no no it's, uh, okay. it's people who leave the faith and then speak against it and the amount of like mm -hmm. death threats they get is like insane yeah i mean i know i have uh you ever heard of like the concept of behind the sun no explain I don't know much about it. Maybe someone in the comments can explain it for us. But uh, like if you leave Islam or like do something to betray your family, they they send you behind the sun. <laughs> I had a, like my Muslim friend trying to explain this to me and like you just get blacklisted from everything. And they told wow. me it's a physical place. Like they send you to a physical place. Is it like a, an abyss or something? I don't know. I, 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 like in my head... I remember when she was telling sun. me this. I was, it's still hot though, right? I was like, so they send you they send you somewhere? She's like, yeah, they physically send like you and the rest of the people that have been disowned all go and live in this one place. And I think it, where was it at? It must have been like uh, Syria or something or Saudi, Saudi Arabia. Mm -hmm. And what'd she say? She like As she was explaining it to me, I just imagine it as like the, the prison that uh, Batman went to <laughs> down the well. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what behind the sun seems like, right? Like that behind, kind of place. Behind the sun. I'll, that sounds Google. like a very interesting concept. I wanna, it sounds I'd scary, love, right? I'd love to learn more about that.
Yeah, I, don't, I wouldn't want to go there. <laughs> yeah, you don't want to go. You don't want to go behind the sun. I don't think any. Yeah, man. Some some of some, some, some of those afterlife concepts are like so terrifying, man. Like if you go to the bad place, nothing's popping up. So I don't know if I'm just making <laughs> this, this up. I was thinking maybe this is. I'm, I'm sure this is a completely heretical idea, and I don't. I'm not actually serious about it, but just to play along. Uh, just to entertain the thought, but maybe what happened if hell is what samsara is, what the Buddhists call samsara, that and so it, and so instead of transcending this place and going kind of that that next phase, heaven, whatever you want to call it, you gotta come back again. Because I just don't see the, I don't understand the burning in hell for eternity, like forever. I mean, is there no redemption? Surely there would have to be. Or is it just that you come back to earth and that's a kind of sort of hell? Maybe you kind of get dealt a bit of a worse hand, like sort of a karmic sort of thing. Yeah, Alan Watts once explained hell as being kind of like the uh, the animalistic realm of behavior where you're like you're, you're totally captivated by your desires, your attachments, one point of focus, and that's like this focus of instinctual behavior where, you know, you're... You know, mm. I don't know. I picture like being out in the woods or something like a rabbit's behavior. It's either food, sex, or survive. And to me, this is a sort of hellish, a hellish perspective. I feel like, and then the more heavenly realms are when you begin to have self awareness and self reflection, and can transcend like those lower aspects. That's more of like a heavenly. I think yeah, they're, I think they're all places. They're all describing mm. mental places. But and well, I don't know. Those, but those mental places could as well be kind of physical manifestations of a. Higher well, I mean, principle, I guess you could say you know? this world. This world is a physical manifestation of a mental space. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, and we all believe in immaterial principles. You know, mathematics. Yeah. That's an immaterial. Like you can't prove it, but it's something that works. So we just kind of take it for granted. And there's yeah, yeah. It. it I, I don't know about the lower, like you know being prey to lower carnal animal self is hell because then that wouldn't that mean that all animals would be in hell yeah they're in a form of hell hmm. i think alan watts and again someone can correct me if i'm wrong but i think he said that that like the hellish realm i think he said the buddhists describe it as a ghost with a big belly and little mouth where it's got this unquenchable hunger it's always hungry, but it has a little mouth, so it can never eat enough. And he said, "This is like uh, how how the imagery of hell in one Buddhist philosophy." Mm. I think that's why in a lot of mouth. religious traditions, even in Christianity, they, that's why fasting is so important, especially in Orthodoxy, because again, it's changed over time to the point where fasting only becomes like you can't eat red meat on this one particular Friday for a whole year. But in Orthodoxy, it's actually every few weeks. It's like a schedule, you know, they act, you do some proper fasting, but they say that that's very important because you need to, that helps control your carnal desires and doesn't make you so much mm -hmm. of a slave to them. So it's like, it's like denying yourself that satisfaction. Yeah. I mean, Ramadan is a whole God. month, right? Yeah. No, but they eat like they pig out afterwards. So it's kind of At like, night. not to put it down Ramadan, but it's like, 
I feel like I could, I could do Ramadan every day. Like it's not that hard right. to fast all day and then pig out at night. Cause you can technically, you can eat like crazy all night, like serious amounts. So you're not really yeah. like you are fasting, but it's like, it's an intermittent fasting. Right. But not like a proper, proper fasting. <laughs> Who else? I mean, Jewish people do like, they do some stuff. Shabbat. Yeah, what Shabbat? Ah, yeah, and then what? Yeah, Shabbat, and there's Lent, and then Ramadan. But we all know we all have that. We all we all have that intuitive knowing that fasting, and it's like fasting somehow just brings you closer to God, in a sense. Like if you do it with intention and and pray during it. I wonder why. Have you ever done it? I do like intermittent fasting, but not not proper, like, you know, 24 yeah. to 48 hours. No, no, no. Like, it would be cool to do a vision quest. These yes. guys in Sonora, this this, this Surrey that, that work with the Toad now, they do vision quests where they fast and go off into a cave for, like, two or three days. Wow. And they say, as they explain, you know, like, they have a psychedelic experience, a whole vision vision quest. It'd be cool to try something like that. I would like to do a walkabout, which is the Aboriginal initiation where you just go out in the bush for a week or what, whatever it is and survive. Go on. If you come back, you pass the test. <laughs> if you don't, well, see you in the next life. <laughs> It'd be pretty crazy though, man. Because like Austra Australian nature is very harsh, it's super harsh. Like the plants, the animals, like it's the the heat. I would just stay in one spot. Yeah. I just climb a tree and just stay there. Well, cause you wouldn't want to waste too much energy, you know, especially if you're trying to survive. And what, what would you do? Like you eat fruit, maybe some bush tucker, hunt a kangaroo on the way. Is fruit easy to find? Yeah. Berries. Like berries. berry. Yeah. Berry fruit or what we call bush tucker or plums but th those are the kind of fruits we have not but if you go like up north in queensland they've got mangoes growing in just like everyone's backyard so you can just walk down the street and just pluck a mango from from nice. any that's heavy. yeah that's probably it, what heaven is yeah everything's just big and huge and everything's sweet and humid and tropical yeah i'd love to go there yeah i need some mangoes right now with there ain't no mangoes here. <laughs> have you uh, heard of, have you heard of Uluru or Ayers Rock? Like that big rock in the middle of Australia? I think uh, you've told me about it. Maybe is it a sacred rock? Yes. I think so. I think I remember hearing about it. Yeah, I was going to head out there. But, you know, we've been in lockdown, so I can't leave Melbourne quite yet. But we're going to go at the end of this month. Northern Territory. So that is the state where like when you think of when foreigners think of Australia with the crocodiles and the kangaroos and yeah. the most extreme situations yeah. possible that that's this and I've never been so it's gonna be interesting I haven't got a new drone so I'm excited to fly that nice which one do you go for the air 2s nice the, the newer one Apparently how is it oh it's so good it's like really crisp uh it's just awesome it's like kind of top tier video quality but the but it's really quiet as well 
it's not too big. No, nah, it's really good. I can't wait to fly Northern Territory, like over crocodiles. That's what I want to get. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you get so many incredible shots. I was thinking of that in Africa too, like bringing a drone to Africa. Yeah, Just yeah. I'll bring raft. it along. I'll bring it along for yeah. sure. I'll see what their rules are. Because I think if, like here in Australia, if you have a drone that's over 250 grams, you got to register it and get like a drone license or something like that. So technically, yeah, they have drone I've license been, here too. So I've been flying this very naughtily. Yeah. Yeah, I got the, the one that's under that one, I think, the Air Mini. Ah, oh, nice. Yep, yep, yep. Mini. I think that's and it's still pretty badass. Yeah, no, they're yeah. all good. I think this one just has, like, this one has a cool AI system. So you can, like, put in the air and then you can drag yourself or a mountain or any object. And then it, it can, you can choose certain patterns. Like, if you want to circle it around or active track. Right. So it's like you got an AI cameraman sort of thing. So if you wanted right. to record yourself, you can. That's cool. Or have it follow you on a bike or something. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Or like along the, a mountain ridge or something like that. That's that's the shot that I want to get when I can leave this city. I can't wait. Yeah, drones are fun. I got stitches from a drone once. <laughs> Did you, where? Cut, my, cut my finger open all the way to the bone. Oh, Damn. So I had this drone, like the original DJI, and I crashed it. There was something wrong with it. Like they sent me a broken one for sure because I could never get it to work properly. And uh, it flew into a tree and just all the blades of like the helicopter part, like the, they all got cut up. So they were really <clears> sharp <throat> and I never changed them. And um... I was flying it again and it just went, it went crazy and started flying towards me and I swatted at it. And one of the oh... broken sharp blades just dug into my finger. It sprayed blood all over my face. Oh, like a, yeah, like, I looked cool. Was it like a Kill Bill like scene? <laughs> yeah. yeah, it was like a Kill Bill scene for sure. I've, cut, I've, out, cut, so I've cut my finger once. So. Oh, dude, it's horrible. Oh, I hate thinking about it. It's yeah. a big scar. I think that's one of the reasons why you need a license maybe. I don't know. Like if you fly dangerous. Meet people. If people fly yeah. them in their house and stuff, I'm like, man, you guys are crazy. Yeah, people don't. Uh, not many people fly drones as much as I would think, because drone the drone technology has been around for what ten years probably. Wow, yeah. Consum consumer wise, and I would have thought that these days you'd see drones everywhere, like people just constantly flying drones, but it's like so rare. I've, I don't think yeah, I've ever seen someone fly a drone. Amazon delivering with drones. I wonder if that'll be a possibility. Hmm, that'd be cool. Nah, people would be throwing shit at it. <laughs> I'd be afraid to fly it. my drone far away because, like, uh, technically, this one can go twelve kilometers. But after no, after a like few after like a couple kilometers, it's like, oh nah. I just because how do you blown. see it? Well, you can't. Well, it depends where you are, of course. But like, if you're on top of a mountain, for example, then you'd have much better chance of seeing it. But even right. then, but like, how do you see twelve kilometers away? Could you really see a yeah, little drone? No. So if it had like, say you, it went four kilometers away, does it still get signal so you can see like what it's seeing? That's what, where it depends because I've flown it from like my house. I flew about three kilometers away before it started to lose signal. But I think because it was all interference, trees, buildings, probably other electromagnetic right. interference. But I think if you do it on top of a mountain, then you probably could 
go at least 10 kilometers. And it would work the whole way without it? Again, theoretically, I'll confirm with you. <laughs> Hopefully I get it back. Or just go in a straight line. So even if you lose connection, all you have to do is just go backwards <laughs> until you until you see the drone again. It's scary, man, because sometimes when you have that like lose signal thing, it's like, super man, scary. I, I pay $2,000. It starts this. moving by itself. It's scary. It's expensive. Drones aren't cheap, man. Or even no, worse, when, you, you, when you've got a micro, when you've got a, like a, a memory card of like all this awesome footage. Yeah, no. Can't lose all the footage. You should, like I always, when I get worried about getting robbed in different countries, I'm like, you can take everything. <laughs> you can take the camera. Just leave the SD card. Yeah. <laughs> can never get that again. I know. Yeah. So you still, you still have India videos to edit, don't you? Yeah. I want to, I, I got to get someone to help me like edit and stuff. Yeah. So I, I still got that, the hash village one. That's the one. That's like the best one. Yeah, I know. I know. I, I think part of me has been like, I don't know, kind of, what's the word? Discouraged, I guess, from YouTube, like everything to do with weed. Yeah. I was like, I, I spent so much time like on a video and then it's just like, boom, demonetized and age restricted. But I guess it doesn't matter. You just have to make a banger video, something that, you know, does well, I guess. A hash village in India. I think that's pretty clickable. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, Milana too, just in general, that tag Milana, people search Milana a lot. I miss India. Which part the most? Do you like, you were thinking about it? I like the, no uh, the northern part I really liked. With the mountains? Yeah. I, it's so different, of, right? Every part of, different I, saw, I saw Jamie the other week. You saw him like in Australia? Yeah, he came over my house. I thought he is he in Australia right now? Yeah. He's in Melbourne. Oh. How was that? Yeah, it was really good. Same old, you know. Talking about spirituality, religion, life. Do you get into any good Christian conversations? Yeah, for sure. Because he was really deep into it when we traveled India. And that was when I I wasn't into it. Like I, I've always like appreciated and loved Jesus and appreciated Christian virtues and stuff like that. But if you asked me any serious question about Christianity, I wouldn't be able to tell you. I didn't even understand really the Holy Trinity. Uh, but yeah, so talking to him now after everything that I've learned, it's definitely been a much fruitful conversation. That's interesting. stuff. it's like a lot of stuff that we've been talking about even in India, you know, It'd be cool to like go do uh, the Christian pilgrimages in India. Go that see, would be like, cool. The place where they say Jesus's body is is that they they, they claim Jesus is buried in India somewhere in Kashmir. Huh. You got a tomb for him and stuff. I'll check it out. Very heretical claim. <laughs> yeah, it's probably definitely not real, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, I wouldn't believe it, but I'd go there. It'd be interesting yeah. for just like, huh? This is what you believe. Interesting. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. Wow. Anthropological. Curiosity. that's crazy well because the body disappeared that's the thing right because he was buried yeah. in a tomb and then mary magdalene walked in the tomb and all the clothes were like folded up like really neatly hmm. but he was gone but then he appeared physically to a lot of people and we and don't like know where that tomb was uh i don't know do we 
I'm, I'm not sure. Like, I'm not very good with like my geography, my Bible geography. But well, I think there's. I don't know. I don't know for sure. The tomb of the Holy Sepulchre. I think that's where the tomb of Jesus is at. But okay, I don't know if that's like. Uh, Probably is the tomb. I don't know it looked right? like two thousand years ago. Because when I went, it's just like a, just like a tomb that they built inside of a church. Hmm. Like it's not. It's not on a mountain or anything. And I like. Uh, I relate with uh, Thomas one of the disciples because he's like the skeptic and when jesus came back he was like oh, i don't know let me touch your wound to see if it's real and then he was like all right and he took his hand and he put it in where the the roman stabbed him with the spear on his stomach and he actually put his hand inside it's like oh okay even when he walked on water everyone saw it and was like whoa that's crazy and then thomas was like mm, i don't know oh, shit. I'm going to swim there. I'm going to touch you. And he did. That's just so funny. Because of course you're going to have a, like people just, a lot of people uh, think that like skeptics are like a new thing, you know, like now we have a scientific rational mind. It's like, this has right. been around. <laughs> yeah. He's cool. Why did they take that? The the gospel of Thomas out of the Bible? Uh, because it was written way too long after the, the okay. events. Cause it was like 200 years and it just, it, it didn't make sense and what how long most of them but there were a lot of commonalities Jesus, right? there was there's a lot of common out like if you read the gospel of thomas that was actually the first gospel i read right that's how much uh how much i wasn't i guess into christianity but there's a lot of commonalities between the sayings of what thomas wrote down and what jesus said in like matthew john luke peter but then there are certain other things that are like completely contradict everything so it's like, I don't know. Right. It's weird. It's more of a Gnostic. So I think like the, the church doesn't really recognize it as being a legitimate gospel. Yeah. And I can see it because I, I went, I, I thought it was like suppressed. I'm like, oh, maybe that's the true gospel and it just got suppressed. But right. when you when you go deeper into it, you, you understand why. It was just written way too long afterwards. So it's like, oh, I don't know. And they're just, right. like I said, some things that just contradict everything else in the Bible. So that would have been a crazy book to put together, man. And like, I, cause I was like, yeah, just reading these eyewitness accounts. Like it was such a powerful event that the whole world bases their calendar <laughs> after the death of Christ. Like, like when you really, I think we just take it for granted. Like, oh yeah, it's the year 2021, but it's pretty insane. Like for an event to be that powerful. That the whole world doesn't matter what you believe in subscribes to the same. Yep, this is this yeah, year. I don't know how they this guy died. to do that. <laughs> yeah, well, there's a you know because I think in the first one thousand years, you know, the church was like one, and then after one thousand years, that's when they had the schism, and that's when Roman Catholicism did their own thing. And I think that one of the biggest disagreements was that Roman Catholicism believe that the pope's word is infallible so anything that he says is the word of god and of course over time this means that you can change dogma over time and there's nothing wrong with changing there's there's nothing wrong with changing over time but you have to understand that principles are principles for a reason it stays the same right so if they if they're really laws like one plus one equals two has always been true and will always equal true it's not like oh but if you look at it on a certain perspective maybe one plus one equals three you know, so that's right. what's ha- kind of happened with the gospel and then, you know, Protestant Christianity and all that kind of stuff. 
but yeah, and then orthodoxy is like, no, nah, I don't believe that the Pope is infallible. He's a human. And so I kind of agree with that kind of thinking. Like, yeah, he's a human. Yeah, of course. Then it'll be so easy to imagine, change Imagine like, him growing up, him growing up talking shit with his friends and stuff. <laughs> That's like the word of God. Yeah, <laughs> All yeah, the shit yeah. he was talking when he was a kid. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Fart jokes and... It's like really everything. And then it, it there's a lot of like sort of a, a dark occultist kind of vibe to to behind Catholicism. Yeah. For there's sure. some there's some satanic pagan stuff going on there. So when people say like, oh, Christianity is a pagan cult, blah, 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 maybe they're just looking at the patterns in Catholicism now or something. Or they'll say like some ridiculous theories is like, oh, Jesus was actually a metaphor for the sun, like the actual sun. And it was like a pagan worship of the sun. But then this whole theory, if you think about it, is only based on the English interpretation because the word sun and sun are completely different words in like every different language. It's only in English where sun and sun sounds, sounds the same. I think it's based around Christmas, right? Ain't that they think like uh, that Christmas is a, was a stolen pagan holiday and that the birth of Jesus is actually a symbolic pagan representation yep. of the solstice. I think yeah, that's one of the, like, that's probably astrology. true, right? Uh, that he was a metaphor and it was a worship of the sun. No, that that Christmas is probably some stolen pagan holiday. Oh yes, 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 definitely. And that's they have even different dates with Chris. Like Orthodox Christmas is January seventh, and then Catholic is twenty fifth. And it's I think they took a lot of pagan stuff because they wanted to influence them. They wanted yeah, they to make their conversion easier, you know. So, like, all right, we'll right. take we'll take some of your your pagan stuff, but yeah. not the so bad. I mean, not, wild yeah, just not putting pine trees in our house. Yeah, 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 yeah. Just not Super idol pagan. worship. Idol worship—that's like really, really against. I think all, all these religions. And that that means like what, like uh, like having a big Buddha statue or something. It's more it, well because the statue of Buddha is like it's just a piece of wood, right? Or whatever it's made of marble or whatever. So if you just have a Buddhist statue, that's not, that's not idolatry. It's if you're worshiping the deity behind that, that physical structure, you know what I mean? Especially deities and that you don't know. That's like not Thor, like if, that you're, if you're worshiping and praying to Thor, that would be idol worship. Right. Well, your camera died. Oh shit. It's like one sec. Technical difficulties. What are we talking about? Idol worship, I think. Yeah, idol worship. It's it's more about serving unknown principles. Because when a lot of, if you look in history, a lot of people who worship these gods, they don't really understand really where they're coming from. And I think that's why a lot of societies end up you know, if you even look at like the Aztecs, for example, like they were doing idol worship and praying to some mushroom deity. And then to the point where at the start, it would have been probably pros prosperous. Like, yeah, this is really good. This is really good. But then the true intentions kind of came out and then they're chopping people's heads off. <laughs> That's an extreme, an extreme example, but I can't, yeah. it, it's hard to ignore, you know what I mean? Because you can't just be like, oh, that's just one culture. It's like, yeah, I'm pretty sure there's like a lot of, a lot of those kind of cultures that did that. 
I mean, definitely. How do you learn a God? How do you learn to trust a God or not? Exactly. So, and, you know, there's different answers to this. I think in Christianity, they would say that that's why he revealed himself and right. used humans to write the word of God. So it's like, this is actually who I am and what I believe. And these are my principles. If you follow this, mm -hmm. things are going to go very well sort of thing. Whereas like, I think we talked about it last time. Like, uh, I think even like the mushroom, for example, it's still very unknown because the mushroom never wrote an official book. I know that mushroom mm -hmm. physically can't write a book, but it is an entity. I'm sure it could easily just get a few, you know, apostles to write. All right. You listening? Write this down. <laughs> mm -hmm. Chapter one or, or whatever. I don't know. I think it'd be interesting if, if there was something like that. Yeah, the, <laughs> There's a satanic Bible satanic too. Mushroom. I don't know if you've read that one. I have it right here next to me, actually. And the pillar, so is the top pillar of Satanism, do what thou wilt, right? Yeah. That is your will is basically God. You choose what's right and wrong. Yeah, let's see what it says. I got it right here. Yes, read from the old. <laughs> so would you call it the bad book? Because you know how they call it the good book. <laughs> <laughs> Please open the pages. So it's the bad book. So Satanism is just like a a, a knee-jerk reaction against Christianity, eh? To me, it's just right like here. This says Satanism represents kindness to those who deserve it instead of love wasted on ingrates. You cannot love everyone. It is ridiculous to think you can. If you love everyone and everything, you lose your natural powers of selection and wind up being a pretty poor judge of character and quality. If anything is used too freely, it loses its true meaning. Therefore, the Satanist believes you should love strongly and completely to those who deserve your love, but never turn the other cheek to your enemy. Ooh. So if your enemy does something to you, it's your duty to fuck them up. Hmm. I mean, I, I would, I would have agreed with that in high school. I'm like, yeah, I'll turn another chick. <laughs> this was a gift, and this is a note from the person that gave it to me. Oh wow! You said on your Twitter that you wanted satanic gifts. So what's more <laughs> satanic than a satanic Bible? Hope you enjoy it. Was that written by Anton Levey? Yeah, Anton Levey. This yeah. guy here. I wrote a thing. He, he he basically he called new age all satanic he's like all new age practices is just satanism without using his infernal name he said that yeah i don't trust this guy he doesn't know anything he was like a theatrical a theater like a theater kid <laughs> like, a, right. like an edgy theater kid probably some daddy issues or something trying Ooh, to get back issues. trying to trying to get back at his christian dad it always is i feel like satanism is always 100% of them probably have daddy issues, right? Because why would you? Because yeah. Satanism to me is like it's not a, a unique thing. It's just taking Christianity and it's inverting it. Because why would you call yeah, it Satanism? Yeah, yeah, exactly. So it's like, why don't you just do your own? If it was really like its own unique thing, I would be like, okay, yeah, cool. I respect it. But it's just, it's yeah. Interesting. I like the idea that Satan and God are actually friends and that Satan isn't like some evil dictator or character that's like haunting you trying to make you do bad things but it, that it's just like the character and the, the 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 role of the universe that sees the bad side of things mm. like with job you know 
Yeah. Like in the story of Job, he's just like, I don't know. I don't know, God. I think Job is not that good of a guy, actually. And God then puts Job through all this crazy stuff, gives him like boils or whatever, burns his skin or loses his house, mm. all kinds of stuff. I remember that. South Park that that kind of makes it seem like God and God and Satan are kind of homies in that story. Mm. And I prefer that perspective where they're just like, they're just kind of two friends just <laughs> playing the Sims. Yeah. Or it really is a war. Or it could really be a war. It's like, the that, Bible it's like that? that thing. Uh, the, the, the greatest trick that the devil ever pulled was to convince the world he's not real. And so, and you can see that in society, like those who don't even believe in evil or the, or God or spirituality, it's like, it's no consequence to them. So it's much easier to right. kind of sin and, and do bad. Uh, Sorry, my antivirus is expired. Oh, good. <laughs> antivirus. Well, cause I don't know. It's like, uh, it's how, cause I remember we'll, we'll, I was really struggling with the concept of evil for a long time. And I thought it was like, oh, maybe, maybe it is like an independent force or something, you know, like it has its own life. And then the way I understand it now is that evil isn't a thing in and of itself. It's like, cause creation is inherently good and evil is a privation of good. So it's not like the yin and yang where good has bad in it and bad has good in it. It's like good is good in and of itself and can live without itself. It can live without evil, but evil cannot live without leeching of what is good. So it's like a virus or a cancer or something like that. Right. You wouldn't like if a virus or cancer came into your body, you wouldn't be like, Oh yeah, it's yin and yang. Just surrender to it. I'm yeah. going to integrate this. It's like, no, you're good, going to good, have to fight it. Nothing else. You want to remove that shit as much as possible, but evil can right. only leech of what is good. It's like, that's what a virus, right. like a virus can't exist on its own. It needs a host in his life. Yeah. And that, and that's kind of made a lot more sense, especially uh, just looking at the analogies of the world, you know, just things yeah, like that's that. That's an interesting way to look at it. Yeah. So like, so good, good is like an inherent essence of creation. Yes. And so sh- humans, humans are inherently good. Yeah. That's interesting. And bad is a privation. So and maybe I, I don't know where Satan falls into this. Like, if is he, is he just like that next step above the principle of evil? He's the or, leech, right? Hey, he's the leech. Yeah. Well, because even if you think about Satan, who's like you know the most evil figure in mythology, I would say he was originally an angel. Yeah. He was originally the good. Angel of music, right? Yeah. So it's even in like it's even in the story, which I find very very fascinating. But does the Bible say that he's evil? Yes, I think they call him the evil one in part, part some of the things, some of the gospels. And but does to... it mean evil in the sense of like killing babies evil or is it evil in the sense of like... <laughs> killing babies evil? evil. <laughs> I don't mean to laugh at killing babies. God. It just caught me off guard. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Sorry, sorry. Say it again. Like it could be evil to take psychedelics, or it could be evil to do something that's not uh, accepted within the, the the context of the church. So, which evil is it? Is he evil in the sense that he wanted free will by his own authority, 
or is he evil in the sense that he's just like out looking for blood? I think that because he, from what I understand is that Lucifer hates humanity. And so he will use your own carnal pleasures to bring you down. It's like that kind of voice, like just eat the cookie, eat the cookie, just do it. Fuck it. Who cares? Dude, it's one, you're going to die anyway. What's one cookie? Yeah. I feel like that, 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 I think it's a lot more because people look at it as really insidious. And I think on an, on a fundamental part, it probably is that evil, like, you know, killing babies evil, but I think it starts very lukewarm (laughs) yeah it starts with the cookies exactly you know but i don't i I wouldn't say eating cookies is evil like that seems a bit no but it's but But it leads there yeah yeah but it leads there (laughs) it leads at least yeah eating cookies leads to eating babies kids (laughs) your mate tom 2021 i mean i'm sure it has (laughs) once in the the universe it's probably happened yeah yeah maybe so um did Tommy ever he respond yet in the emails? No, I didn't. I wrote maybe he'll join in any second now. Maybe it was like I don't know. He thought it was one hour later. Let me uh So I could have slept in. Nah, it's good to get up early, I guess. Yeah. And that good. mask behind you is creepy as hell, man. It's like a I know. It's like a baboon witch doctor. <laughs> it's like it's, look, it's a it, traditional it looks, Romanian. It looks like the the love child of that witch from Snow White and the baboon from Lion King. You ever heard of the Hadza? No. It's a tribe in uh in Tanzania and they eat baboons. This guy I know on YouTube, I don't know him too well, but I know him a little bit. He has a YouTube channel called Fear Far and Fearless or Fearless and Far. And he was just in Africa and was baboon hunting with these guys. Wow. Yeah. Baboon hunting. That seems pretty And these guys, this Hadza tribe can speak baboon. They <laughs> they know the noises to make. That'd be cool to document. Yeah. Hunting so baboons. We should go there too. The vegans won't be too happy with that. Oh, people will be so that's like the most anti vegan thing you can possibly do is go hunt baboons. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i know or it's like or hunting kangaroos i'm sure that would be very taboo hunting, hunting in general or just eating animals <laughs> yeah i don't know that looks like a yeah very interesting mask though do you wear that for Halloween? Yeah, so it's from romania i got it in transylvania and apparently it's meant to scare off bad spirits Yeah, hmm. it's scary. Gnarly. Haunted, really. <laughs> Check this out. Whoa. This is a... That's Ayahuasca Jaguar. This is a Peyote Jaguar. Oh. That's Peyote right there in the leg. These are all individual bead- beads, one by one beads. Interesting, peyote shamans. I, I, there was a, I was talking to a, a fellow, and he said there was a psychonaut who wrote a book about the history of peyote, and he said that there were like two main kind of tribes of one who did peyote in their ceremonies and one who didn't do any of that stuff, and then the people who didn't said that the people, the society that ended up doing peyote all the time, 
ended up uh, dissolving family structures and stuff like that, which I found interesting. Hmm. It's written from a you know, psychonaut guy. It's interesting. I don't know. I don't know. They're an interesting think, culture, those guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Weiraticus. And it's not, remember, it's not, it's not like, oh, they did parody and then their families fell apart. It was those who centered their entire society around uh, peyote rituals. But I don't know. I've got, I've got to read it myself and see what, yeah. what's going on there. Yeah, they're cool. They're called the Weiraticus. Um, I don't know too much about the history of peyote, but the Weiraticas, I think, were like the guardians of peyote. So the Lakotas and Navajos or any like the other tribes that were doing peyote, they would have to go and ask the Weiraticas for permission to, to like in to adopt it into their tradition. How how long have they been doing it for? Uh, a, a long while, I would imagine. Yeah, a long time. Let's see. At least a thousand years. Let's hey. see how long. Do you like peyote? Yeah, I like peyote. Um, this says five and a half thousand years ago. Wow. Wow. Damn. That goes way back. And do you feel? I don't know if I would. That peyote has like its spirit, I guess. Oh yeah, like its own sure. personality. Like all, all these plants do. Like I, I believe yeah, exactly. that they're definitely attached yeah, to. Yeah, peyote's some got that same same thing going on. Similar to yeah, San Pedro. Peyote's got that for sure. No, no, more intense than San Pedro. It's more like LSD. Wow. Yeah, it's way more. It's way more intense than San Pedro. Yeah, it was cool though. Yeah, I liked. I like. I like the culture of the peyote culture the most. Like the. The tribe that uses it today, the Wiraticas. Like I like just being around what they got going on. Like it's super colorful, mm. and they're always playing music and always making art. So like the areas that they're in in Mexico are really fun to just hang out and people watch in. Like they do it around the fire and stuff like that. Like this. That's what I like. Nice. Because I did I did a peyote ceremony here in Australia. Yeah, I remember you it was said like, that. Yeah, it was, a small, it was a small dose and it was mixed with like chocolate. But I like the the tradition, you know, I like sitting around the fire during the daytime. Yeah, sitting around I, the fire is cool. I, I like that kind of vibe. I'm like, I'm over the, I, I don't like the ayahuasca vibe anymore. It's like, it's too, like the darkness, like and going into the jungle and drinking this yeah. toxic sludge. Rough, <laughs> I can't do it, so man. Rough. I'm done. <laughs> I feel like I could, I could go the rest of my life without doing ayahuasca. Yeah, you but, know, but I've I've done it a lot though. T- to be fair, <laughs> I mean, you can just do mushrooms. I feel like it's the same. I mean, I guess like, no, I don't know. They they are different for sure. Ayahuasca is good if you need it. Like if you if you're really really like on your last, on your last, uh, you know, resort, and you need something yeah. to like clean just go crazy and do the whole pilgrimage to the jungle all that stuff's cool but i yeah. feel like if you're just like a explorer mushrooms are enough yeah that and that's something that i came to conclusion like it helped me when i really needed it as a medicine and i was in a kind of a pit when i was like man i don't know what to do i gotta do yeah. something in my life 
and in that aspect yeah for sure it helped but i feel like after you're healed and you're good i feel like you taking ayahuasca is almost like insinuating that because a medicine insinuates that someone's sick who takes it so i was like yeah. i don't know i don't know if i want to play with that when i'm good like my mental health is top notch i'm happy i really don't yeah i, I just don't need it i too guess much. yeah it's too much i can confirm it's too much to do it all the time and especially if you but do it all, I did especially if you do it if you do it all the time because there is a, i did yeah. an ayahuasca ceremony you did that's mushrooms fun. at an ayahuasca ceremony okay yeah that's fun like just you like fun. did everyone take ayahuasca and you're like everyone can i take mushrooms ayahuasca, yeah okay yep. <laughs> I snuck some mushrooms and oh. uh, yeah, it was amazing. The Icaros were amazing. Everything was amazing. Incredible. Was similar, but was it like ayahuasca, but just better? Yeah. Like like more, more euphoric, you know, just nauseous. More euphoric. Yeah. yeah not as nauseous. Uh, super, a lot of energy. I was just like. What, what about visuals? Really, more or less. Super. Yeah. yeah super visuals. Yeah. I found mushrooms the other day, yesterday. I love them. I love mushrooms. I didn't pick them though. This is the first time that like I've just saw, I saw like probably thirty mushrooms. I'm like, uh, now nah, I'm good. But oh, nice to see them. you. Nice to see you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good to see you guys. Yeah. No, this is the ceremony I was talking to you about where I said the mushroom told me it was a deity. Mm. I was an ayahuasca. The mushroom that said, "I am a one. deity." I'm a deity. I uh, I'm here to control the environments of this planet. I dictate who lives and who dies. And uh, one day I'm gonna eat you and everyone you love. That's what the mushroom just told me as I was just sitting in the ceremony. I was like, "Fuck." If you had to put an image to it, what would it look like? It was a giant slug-looking thing with huge, sharp teeth, <clears throat> and there was like saliva dripping off the teeth and. It was really, really scary. I don't know if you remember the TV show or movie Tremors. No. I've seen it Stranger like Things. <laughs> Does it look like that? Tremor sci-fi. Yeah, it looked like a Tremor. If people watching on YouTube, Google uh, Tremor sci-fi. It's an old movie, and that's what the mushroom looked like to me. Wow. And it was saying, I'm going to eat you. I'll search it right yeah, now. Yeah, it was scary. Just so I can have a visual. Tremor, T-R-E-M-O-R? Yeah, sci-fi. Tremors. Oh, yeah. Okay, I see a teeth-looking thing. As a... oh. Yeah, that's what it looked like to me. As it was, as it was, it was explaining that it was going to eat me. It had like this slug body with like teeth and a crazy mouth like what? that. Kevin Bacon's in it. <laughs> Footloose. Yeah, and it was just, I don't know, super interesting just showing how it controls the environment. And it says, it told me even the plants bow to me because they know their fate is the same, that it's just going to be digested in my stomach one day. Wow. Because fungus is a, is kind of that intermediary point between the plant kingdom and the animal kingdom. Because it's not it's, a plant. Yeah, they're like, but it's not an animal, but genetically it's more it's closer to an animal. So it's like, it's really bizarre. It's its own thing. Yeah. It's a deity. Yeah. It really is a deity of this planet. It controls half the planet. 
Uh, oh, yeah, he, he just messaged back. He said, what time and day did you have this go? Uh, this was for... Today, uh, an hour and a half ago. Yeah, this was for one hour ago. Uh, yeah, because I saw like one in the morning it said Tommy Chong joined the Zoom meeting or something. What time would have that been? Oh, like three o'clock in the morning for me. Uh, that have been like I guess noon. Would... Yeah, yeah. Mid-noon, 8 p.m. One sec, I'm going to hit my bong in honor of Tommy Chong. <laughs> Go for it. 16th of June. How will you do this podcast? You just keep this hour or you split it up into a whole different podcast? Or I guess so. I thought we are just going to speak for like 10 minutes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, same thing that happened with mine too. I had to go yeah. back and like, because you don't want it to like, oh, I got a podcast with Tommy Charm. We have to watch an hour and a half first before you get to it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because uh, I, I, that's not like what Tom Segura does and stuff. I'm like, just put the guest on. Do your yeah. intro. I don't mind the intros, but I don't want to go. Intro. I don't want to go an hour and a half into, into the guest. Yeah, I can do two separate ones. Yeah, but that that the mushroom deity thing, man, that's crazy. Because uh, I've had a similar believe- sort of experience. I couldn't say it was like it was a slug thing with teeth, but it definitely had that sort of a tentacle monster sludgy vibe to it. Yeah. No, like, it told me. It told me straight up. Like it told me with such confidence. How do you interpret that? I feel like it's probably true. There's, it's it was showing me how there are different cosmic positions that each thing has each being has its own has a cosmic role humans ants everything as above so below everything has a cosmic role and it was showing me like how this reflection it's so hard to explain kind of like the pink floyd album how it's got like the thing reflecting and the rainbow yeah it was showing me how the prism it was showing me how this, uh, I guess, consciousness was just being reflected into all these different things, and each thing had its own version of that consciousness. And the mushroom was saying that its role was to be the intelligence that dictates the environment. And I was mm. like, so what do I call you? Because I learned from these magic texts, like this Aleister Crowley book I have right here next to me, or some of these other books I have here, if you learn the name of a spirit, you can call on the spirit and you can gain its powers through learning its name. That's what a sigil is, actually. A sigil is the signature of a spirit. So if you do these mm. these sig- sigils and you do these geometry, it's invoking the spirit through it. It's calling the spirit through its signature. So if you can learn the name of these spirits, you can call on them. So I was like, okay, what do I call you? And it told me... Uh, you can call me the one that chooses. And then the one that chooses. And I was like, what does that mean? And then it showed me how it chooses who lives and who dies. Which I mean, I I don't fully understand it, but it was saying like, uh, it's just like, it's intelligent and it's in control and it's the architect of the forest. Whoa. Whoa. And it's going to eat everything. It's going to eat us one day. Definitely going to eat us one day. I've had trips where I've felt like I've been eaten alive. Like a human sacrifice. We're going to be thing. eaten by the mushrooms. Jesus. Because like when we decompose on the earth, 
sort of thing yeah. or like yeah, exactly. a yeah, exactly. A movie monster oh, kind of deal. It's just fucking. Giant mushroom just That's pops out of the ground, killing everyone. No, yeah, like no, when we die, the mushroom is gonna eat us. When it's gonna eat us when, when we're dead in the ground. And I remember I said, "What does that mean? Like, what does that like? Are you a demon talking to me right now? What does that mean?" And it told me, uh, "What it means is that we are eternal friends." Hmm. Oh my God! What the fuck is this this mushroom trip i'm having right now it's such an enigma man it's hard what's an, what's an enigma isn't that like it's like a mystery a it's a what the hell is this? oh i was thinking of, i was thinking of an enema <laughs> that's an it's an enigma <laughs> okay that's such unknown. an enema <laughs> so, unknown yeah unknown because i don't the, the the problem with like let's say empiricism which is kind of basing truth of your own direct experience is that the interpretation of what you experience can be so different from person to person it could be to the Mm -hmm. point where two people experience exactly the same thing and then they come out of it completely different worldviews yeah yeah yeah, of course you know and so then what do we do to find a more cohesive truth I guess that's what patterns are, right? They're they're objective patterns that repeat in time, always. And it- but even those patterns aren't necessarily objective. It's just that they are more more quick to spot. Because I'm sure if we could be completely objective, everything would be a pattern, even the things that seem unpatternless. Mm. Which yeah, which insinuates that this is a you know, there's intelligence behind this universe. Oh, for there, sure. There is, an, for sure, there's an objective truth and an objective reality, a, a kind of a grounding that sustains, like not only created life, but kind of it sustains us, you know? Well, I, I mean, it's, I don't. That's I, what I believe in. It's anyway. crazy. It's crazy because I say like right now, I can say with confidence, like without a doubt, there's like, we're a part of some some kind of mysterious divine, something that's mysterious and divine. And, uh, like when I was in high school, I would have been so confident saying the absolute op- opposite. Like, no, this is totally just mundane, material, temporary BS. And we just somehow woke up in the middle of it. Mm. Meaningless. I've went through both. I've felt both confidently in my life so far. Yes. but And there, that's the thing. Like we live in a very kind of dialectic society where we choose like what it's either this or it's that, right? You know, the material scientist where all that exists is matter. All that it is is meaningless, raw sensory data and chemicals. And then you got the spiritual absolutist, which is like, nah, matter, it's all an illusion. This whole thing, it's not even real. It's all about the spiritual principles. And I guess what I liked about like yeah. orthodoxy is that they reconcile these worlds because if you think about heaven, which is actually, it's not like that. I'm sure it probably maybe even is an afterlife as well, but the heaven that I'm talking about it symbolizes abstract principles or, or immaterial principles, if you want to call it that way. And then earth is raw, meaningless data. And then humans are the mediators between. So in other words, so we inform matter with meaning and we express meaning through matter. And it's always both. That's the thing. You can't separate life we itself from truth. With we express meaning through matter. Mm-hmm. So we lower heaven and we raise earth 
that's when we get all these profound truths but it's not a truth until you have concrete examples you know yeah. until you have it here until you can touch it that's what that's why we call it real this is reality oh back to reality like we we say it within right. our own language you know so it's both that's and i think that truth should line up with all aspects of reality instead of like looking at only this kind of the abstract world and then completely ignoring the physical world or vice versa you know because everything on earth everything on this universe reflects kind of a higher metaphysical truth you know that's what, was that's it alistair crowley that said as above so below uh, that's a hermeticist principle so i'm okay. sure he did say but that because he was an occultist so and hermetic principle and that's i got really deep into hermetic principles so i could actually yeah. go through all the laws but yeah that's the second principle the law of correspondence as above so below the macrocosm is a, a, a reflection of the microcosm vice versa that's that's a really trippy thing about reality is that it's reflected on every dimension the same yeah, thing yeah every scale of life all scale of reality it should reflect so if you so if you come to a spiritual truth but then it makes absolutely no coherent sense in the physical realm then it's probably not a truth you know right or you're missing certain because sometimes we might learn a, a principle let's say like a mathematical formula and then it might take us like 100 years to actually be able to tangibly use it you know it's like right. oh okay yeah, now we know how to do it you know right. and maths is all about it's all using logic like you can't empirically prove a lot of stuff yeah i mean that's like with the whole higgs boson the the machine the uh what's that mm. machine called that whole thing was because we knew that there was another particle through our equations there has to be another particle we can see it here in the math but we can't physically find it so they mm -hmm. built this machine to shoot particles at each other to particle collider to try to determine what happens when these particles collide there, there must be another particle that's that's even smaller right because they hit and it must turn into something else and uh yeah they, they discovered it with the machine so we knew it was there we couldn't we couldn't prove it because we didn't have the technology to prove it until yes we did but we un we understood the logic behind it it's like no this yeah. is true yeah and so yeah because i think early in my spiritual journey i kind of direct experience was like my my god i guess like that was like my number one unit of measurement to find out what truth is but then that's when you down the line you realize ah, oh, yeah but man we're so fallible that you can get fooled you know something can feel so real and it could it can turn out to be totally wrong and this doesn't mean that you can't directly experience truth but it has to align with everything else otherwise then in this you know you have the ultra spiritualist type who basically it's like they're schizoid they cut off their head and they just float in the clouds and they leave their body behind because it's not real. None of this is real. <laughs> but it's crazy that like, um, that it is kind of real and that like we, we share that experience with each other, that we're both in the same experience. For sure. Like that you are just like a guy that's in life. I'm just a guy that's in life. We have our little laptops and our little worlds and like we're both just in it and we have no, none, no, everyone and no one has any clue. No one Baseline reality. And I feel like, like intuitively we know that there's a higher spiritual reality. 
I think that's why a lot of us go into spirituality. But I guess, yeah, it's more about trying to harmonize this physical reality, but with the higher truths, you know. I mean, it's just crazy even just to look at the sky, like to look at all the stars and stuff. It's just so insane to just be like, what in the fuck? I know. How the hell? How in the hell? And it's and the the point in history that we're at, man, I feel like something big's going to happen. I don't know what. Like what? I don't know. Alien invasion or something. Like, like something just bonkers. But I don't know if it'll be real or if it's going to be like a a government you look into that thing you look into the, the fake alien invasion project blue beam no i haven't i haven't seen it you never heard nothing about it I, all i've heard you is from a lot of i've heard from a lot of like conspiracy theorists i guess on youtube who believe that they're going to do a worldwide invasion so that we can become a one world government or something like that yeah i'm pretty sure it's called project blue beam huh. oh hang on he's he's messaged back we really have the time zone off here. It is 4.15 now. We need to reschedule and have the right day and time zones. Tommy Chong, Tommy Chong. <laughs> he is stoned from his bong. Missed the time. He is late. Because he said, he said 3 p.m. Pacific time. Yeah, that's, that is an hour and a half ago. Yeah. So... I mean, he has no excuse. He was late with me, too. Okay, okay. I just wanted to make it clear. I didn't mess up, right? <laughs> no, no. Okay. This is... Because I, I made sure. Something. I even searched it. And I was like, just really make sure. All right, it's this time. Yeah. I even wake up, like, nervous today. Like, ooh, I'm going to interview. <laughs> you know? Do you ever get, like, anxiety before, like, yeah. a big podcast? Yeah, yeah, always. Every yeah. time. Me, too. Me, too. But not when I'm in this position. Like when I'm here as like the guest, I don't get that feeling. Yeah, yeah, me too. That's why I enjoyed being your guest. I'm like, oh, this is easy. Yeah. I just get to yeah, I like relax, that. chill, and I don't have to prepare. You know, you just kind of you just say something whenever. Yeah, it yeah, comes yeah. Up. But it's cool. I like doing. I like doing it with you, especially like before it starts. You know, I mean, it didn't end up happening today, but we'll do it. <laughs> we'll do it next time. I think we went through some pretty interesting routes yeah i was hoping i was hoping he was gonna jump in so we could throw it right on him i know we'll continue with that maybe this is a preparation for next time yeah, so i, I, I mean, want to talk to him about weed addiction i don't feel like a lot of people ask yeah, that's him about that that's interesting i've heard cigarettes is, is harder to quit nope i've heard cigarettes is one of the hardest i used to smoke for 10 years and i can tell you right now weed's harder because it gets you really? high well yeah because cigarettes like like it's nice. You get that satisfaction, and it's like, yeah, cool, cool. But compared to weed, man, weed's like, oh yes, it's, it's like so good. It's the best, exactly. So it's like there's no comparison. So I would say that weed is yeah way more addictive than. But it's not like I'm putting like addictive like it's an inherent property within weed. Of course, it's depends on each human being because one person could have one joint, have Humans a fucking schizophrenic episode, and then get turned off weed forever. So to that person, it would be like anti-addictive. But to me, yeah. and because I've, I've been smoking for a long time, I don't want to use that as an excuse, but the, the marijuana teeth have, their hooks are more deepened in my, in my brain, I guess. Yeah. I mean, I, if you were yeah. to use it like once or twice 
three, four times a month with intention, I feel like it, it could be a very shamanic experience. Yes. And I've tried that. I think that those, that's the kind of excuse I give myself when I smoke weed again after quitting for a while. I'm like, all right, yeah, me too. I'm going to do it, but I'm going to do it with intention. But then it doesn't last yeah, yeah. long. And then you, you end up just smoking weed and watching South Park or just something like that. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then you're just back. <laughs> I like nature, though. That's, that's my, my favorite place to smoke weed is in nature, like on a mountain or something. It's the best. Yeah. It's yeah, like best. I remember us being in Casol with Jamie when we climbed up after walking across that bridge with the river and smoking up there like that like that moment right there that's a good moment yeah i'm mean, being besides in all elements. that trash that's idea, but yeah it's all about being out in nature i love it yeah it's beautiful especially in mountains there's something so spiritual about mountains you know i proposed to my girlfriend on a or my fiance now on a mountain i love mountains make Where a way for it a special mountain or was it like it's called cathedral? It's called Cathedral Range. Uh, I don't know if it's significant, but it's the best mountain I've been to in this state. It's like one but of did those. Did you guys have like a memory there, or was there some reason that you no, chose that? No, this spot? is the first time that I've ever. She's never been there before, so it was her first time. I went there a few weeks or a few months prior with my mate, and it was so incredible. I was so amazed, and it was really one of those special, like in my top five nature places in the world for sure i, I will take you there when you come here for sure okay cool. no, it's, it's amazing man and when we went there with my girlfriend my fiance i we had the whole mountain to ourselves man so imagine going through like this hour hike you're at the top and the whole and time you guys were walking you knew you were going to propose to her yep yep and what were you thinking on the way up I was like, oh, shit. We're doing this. And then she was saying really sweet, like, oh, I love you so much. And like, just like being super sweet. I'm like, oh, this is perfect. Awesome. This is a good, it's a good time to do it. And it was like the top of the mountain. Uh, we like sat on the rock and it was like, as we hit the top, it was like sunset was, it was just, the sun was just setting or it was beautiful. It was like, oh man, so majestic, man. And then, yeah, I kind of was sitting down on the rock and then I just, kind of passed dropped the ring in her hand and then she bawled out crying and of course you did you do get on your knee no nah. no okay nah. just dropped it in there it was the way the position that we were in it was just like your perfect so I, I wanted to surprise her like really surprise yeah. her yeah and i'm not a traditional guy i guess i don't know i don't know is the going on the knee like a necessary thing um or maybe I'm just a no, hipster because everyone else does it. I didn't want to do it. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. But we're, we're looking for a church. We're looking for a church now. Uh, we're actually going to... We went to an Orthodox church, but someone was getting married there, so we didn't actually go in. Uh, so I still haven't gone inside, but I want to check it out. So might as well do it right. Because we've got to find a church anyway, so... Might as well find a good... Yeah. A good priest because i want to find like a good priest or counselor or just some someone like a like one like someone that coach. knows what's up yeah like a mentor you know i feel like i'm missing that and someone that you can really if you're having problems or it, i think like when you get married for example at least how it works in the catholic church and i'm assuming orthodox church 
is that they'll do like marriage counseling and they'll like they really prepare you for this thing because it's, it's a really big big deal it's not this this thing that all right we're getting married on this day yeah yeah come whatever priest it's like serious stuff it's like a contract between it's like a union of the flesh like you're becoming is. one with someone else. that's why we have male and female you know we're not you're like I think signing a contract with god over it yeah with god so then god is like at the top of the pyramid and then we're the kind of base sort of thing so it's like yeah it's really beautiful i'm i'm looking forward to it yeah i already yeah. i already invited you so hopefully yeah no i'm i'll be there without yeah, a doubt so, yeah if like do you have a date yet uh not an official date but around like november a, next year yeah i bet things should yeah. be normal things yeah. should be relatively normal by then gives us some time to save up and obviously yeah for sure without without even a question you know good i'm actually uh i invited i might even go with jamie to an orthodox church because he's been before oh yeah he's i guess he's a probably a good contact you should search about that if you look on google like orthodox church versus catholic church it's like so colorful and psychedelic and it's like whoa it's amazing And then Catholic is like gothic. <laughs> right. Very gothic. I feel like I'm shitting on Catholicism a lot, but I am Catholic, actually. I was born Catholic. So am I like are you allowed to shit on your own religion if you're born in it? Um <laughs> I guess it's better. It's better if you were born in it than if you weren't born in it. Yeah, you ever looked at any of the old uh mosque? And the artwork they got in the mosque, all the colorful artwork, mm. like the stained glass windows that make the ground like a million colors. Yeah, it's like a psychedelic and, whirlwind. And it's something interesting what you just said about what what Alice Crowley said about naming a spirit, mm-hmm. how it gives it more more power. And I think that's why they have the icon like with Christ. You know, they've got the image of Christ. So then, when you're conversing with God, you have an image like an actual tangible image, right you know what i mean and it's not just an image it's like you know it's obviously god in the flesh so it's like that mediator check this out seven 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 and other did you hear that when he died writing. did you hear that when he died on his deathbed he said satan get out or something like that so he basically really? died with Satan whispering in his ear. And he's like, fuck. Shit. That that kind of thing. I'm paraphrasing, God but that's pretty it. much that's pretty much the well, yeah, man. Come on. If you're gonna dedicate yourself to satanic <laughs> rituals. I need to learn more I, about I, him. I just don't think that your your end game is gonna be good. Book four. Yeah. It says, um, book four, parts one and two, together with magic in theory and practice, make up a complete course in magic with practical instructions in yoga and mysticism. This book is an introduction and foundation upon which all further magical work will be based. Deals with yoga and a very sound and methodical? Methodical? Methodical. Methodical. I was going to interview a Satanist, but he keeps, yeah, every, time I, every time I email, it's like, oh, oh, sorry, come back later, come back later, come back later. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. I would like to, because I'd like to 
I want to get into the mind of what a Satanist is. I just like I have a real one though. Yeah, exactly. Well, yeah, because it's like Christian. It's like Christians, right? Like how many fake ass Christians are there in this world? Yeah. <laughs> and otherwise, you're just gonna get like some goth kid that like is into Marilyn Manson or something. Yeah, yeah. You're trying to figure out his his mind, and he just like hates his dad. <laughs> yeah yeah exactly <laughs> like what's your theology it's like so yeah it's like i believe this and this it's like you have daddy issues that's literally why yeah. you're a satanist <laughs> and it's okay i think a lot of us have daddy issues i think our society oh, has I a definitely lot do. have have daddy issues and i think that's yeah, I a, a psychological reason why we're so opposed to christianity because that that kind of represents that ultimate father figure at the end of the day order rules authority all these ugly words to the to the rebels right i'm a rebel yeah. by nature so i understand like it doesn't like i don't cringe from that word now in fact i look at these as good things uh but back then oh man yeah yeah i mean you definitely helped me uh appreciate christianity in a different in a different lens and it's cool because you went through everything else already everything too. else <laughs> it was my last stop <laughs> yeah it's your last stop so it's not like yeah so it's cool that you have the other wisdom of those other those other things along the way well because i find it's easy to talk about because if someone's just been a christian their whole life like let's just say for argument's sake that they know the ultimate truth and everything they believe is completely accurate and true but it's hard for someone to listen to them when that's all they've known their whole life you right. know what i mean Whereas I went really deep into all sorts of stuff. Buddhism, Buddhism would have been like my spiritual foundation, I guess. But from what I understand, like it's very useful and I, I, I love some of its practices. But I think in, in a way, it's like uh, Buddhism is like a spiritual atheism in a way. Yeah. Where it's like it is spirituality, but at the end of the day, the God is nothingness, you know, like it's just an absence of something. So it's more of a pragmatic atheism in a sense. Is that fair to say? Yeah, like poetic atheism. Yeah, yeah, basically. Relativism. Yeah, I guess so. But the rel the where relativism fails logically isn't the first step to say all truth is relative is an absolute claim. So is that true? Is it true that all truth is relative? Because if it is true, then that means there is an absolute truth. And if it isn't true, well, yeah, it's wrong anyway. <laughs> is that when you make a good point <laughs> or like a yeah, or you flop? <laughs> That's so good. I want to I want to get like a soundboard. Get like Arnold yeah, Schwarzenegger. Get out of here. You can change him. Take it easy, dude. <laughs> but take it. <laughs> when in doubt, double the dose. Legal, right? legal. Okay. That's Elon Musk and Joe Rogan smoking uh, weed. I mean, it's totally legal. I'm going to get. Illegal, right? I'm going to get. Uh, I want to get like Jordan Peterson sound bites. I think that'll be hilarious. What's he up to these days? Wrong. He's doing better. Well, you know, I don't know. So, uh, he's killing it, man. He's just doing podcasts, and I Good. think he's he's getting closer and closer to 
like Christianity. He, he was always into it. Like he was always teaching that kind of stuff, but he yeah. always took it from, he always speaking from it from a psychological perspective. Yeah. And you could tell that he was going through his own conflict in his mind. He went, his health went down. He was kind of, you know what I mean? Like he, you could see the conflict in his mind. That's the problem when you are just living in the, in the psychology realm. And one of, he spoke to someone actually who, the brother of the author of this book i think i showed you this so this is the language of creation that teaches you the yep. cosmic symbolism of genesis and yeah i think he his wife had cancer and she, like she almost died and then she became like super religious after that and so i think that's just the route that they're going so but he's really cool he's on it man he's like he's our internet daddy in a lot of ways mm-hmm like no wonder he exploded in popularity, man. Because like our whole family structure is just falling apart completely. Like divorce, relationships are falling apart more than ever. Uh, debauchery and and lust and kind of just having sex with whoever is like so normal now. Yeah, it's almost like uh, it's rebellious to actually work on a relationship and make it work. Yeah. I feel like I'm the, I'm a rebel by going like kind of back to Christianity. It's like yeah, I'm, you are it, it's the it's the rebel, which is so weird. But at the same time, what's another thing that kind of blows my mind is that like in Scripture it tells you it prophesizes that the world is going to be against Christians. It called it. I, I've just never seen another kind of holy book that explicitly says within their book, "Oh yeah, by the way." by the way, the whole world's going to hate you or something like that. And it kind of like predicted exactly how it was going to go down. Like the apostles, man, dude, they, they had brutal deaths. Well, those who speak in Christ's name. So really it's at the end in revelation, it's at the end of the day, it's, just, it's Christ versus antichrist truth versus anti-truth. Right. right. Mm. We'll see. I don't know which part of revelations we're in now. <laughs> like, did the sixth seal just open or something? Cause they have seals, right? You got the first seal that opens and all this shit happens. And then they talk about one of the other seals that uh, pestilence, the horseman of pestilence comes, you know, and that's the virus. I feel like that's kind of like COVID or something. I don't know. Shoot, I I hope not. I hope don't. Isn't there a point where there's like giant titans and stuff that come out of the ground? I don't know if in Revelations. I think giants are like in Genesis, like old old school, and those were like the abomination creation of like angels having sex with humans or something like that. It talks about that in Genesis. I think so. I'm not hundred percent sure because it's it's a big book. <laughs> yeah, there's a there's a lot to get into. And I like I I would prefer to kind of reread certain gospels first and like re- understand it before like just reading it all just to say that I have, mm-hmm. but that's no, good because I got the I was telling you I got the Orthodox Study Bible which is really interesting because they kind of fill in the gaps because there's a lot that can be misinterpreted. You never know, and you got to think of like the words that were used in the Bible had a different context and meaning where like meaning changes over time. That's like part of like sort of, I guess you could call it the antichrist anti-truth movement is that just the meaning of words are constantly changing. 
And it's like, on mm. one hand, you think, oh, that's good. We're updating it. But it's just confusing. Right. It's adding confusion. We should kind of just stick to what the original meaning was. It'd be much easier to communicate, I think. I mean, even just in the last, uh, every generation, the, the, the slang changes too. Imagine trying to talk to someone from the 40s or 50s. Mm-hmm. We got a whole different slang already, and it's only been, you know, 50, 60 years. Yeah, it's funny how it is kind of rebellious to be like a good person. <laughs> <laughs> to, be, yeah, to be normal? Yeah. <laughs> to like not do drugs. That's like, that's weird these days. Yeah, it's like, you don't, you don't drink, you don't do, you're, you're getting married? Or not to have sex with all just having sex with the one partner and then that's it monogamy yeah i feel like only fans is just getting more and more normal it's uh oh yeah it's normal for sure if i want to um, see someone naked i just go to their twitter yeah porn's everywhere now because it used to be only like in porn magazines and stuff like that but now it's everywhere on twitter like you don't even it's like it's, it's not even normal. everyone's everyone yeah. is their own their own porn distributor. And what, what do you think about that? Just willy-nilly wasting our sexual energy. I feel, transferring it with other people. I feel both. I feel like it's cool. I feel like, yeah, own your body. And, uh, and yeah, own it. You know, I feel that. And I also feel like it's it comes from a bit of a sad place. And it's a reflection of a lost culture mm. that doesn't... I mean... It's hard to talk about because people get offended and they think like you're trying to control people's bodies or whatever. Um, and that that's yeah, why we, we we have to separate like what should be illegal and just what's stating something that's not good. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I don't think that everything I mean, I wrong should be, should be illegal. Hey. Yeah. No, it shouldn't be illegal. People. No, should it shouldn't. Be yeah. I would say people shouldn't watch porn, but it shouldn't be illegal. That's where I'm at. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it goes back to what we were talking about in the beginning where it just keeps us attached to this lower aspect of ourself, the sexual, mm. animalistic, primal. The behavior. carnal the carnal passions, yeah. yeah. And, I mean, that's okay sometimes, but it's very easy to like for that to become a lifestyle in these cultures, in the culture that we live in, for that to be like what your life revolves around about like girls, getting money, what brand you have on your t-shirt, what shoes you have, how exclusive this and that is. And I feel like we really, um, yeah, I mean, our culture really revolves around that, those sort of things that are the lower things. Especially in these extremes, because like, if you think about any bodily impulse, like hunger, hunger is not evil in and of itself. But when you f go too far to the point where you just become like a sloth or a glutton, yeah then that's that's that would be a sin it's when you go too far and you let your carnal pleasures control you instead of you controlling it yeah i mean the only fan thing it's hard to say um it's i just like I, a, I kind of worry about like the kind of relationship that these people will have in the future because you can yes. call me judgmental but i wouldn't go out with someone who had an only fans account and I'm sure a lot of people probably feel that way. Like they wouldn't want their girlfriend's private parts up on the 
in this play. I know some people don't care about that, but I th I'm talking like the long term vision here. Like, I maybe I don't I don't know if I care if like she had an OnlyFans before, but the thing that would bother me a little bit is the constant object, like uh, the constant um, intentional intentionally putting herself in a position where all these guys can objectify her all the time. And every mm. day she's got this, this like flock of horny dudes that are just saying like the worst things to her. And she's got to cater to it because that's how she's getting paid. Mm. For me, that's like, for me, that's where it would bother me. It's just like you got all these guys in your DMs all the time. And they're like sending you unsolicited dick pics and stuff just because they're so like, in a spellbound by their, by, by your OnlyFans. Hmm. Yeah, I mean it's it's dark business. It is. It is. But um. Yeah, and I know. I mean, it's just got to be rough to even just to be a girl in general. Yeah. Imagine having like having like guys. You ever see it, girls when they start sharing their messages on Instagram and stuff? All the crazy shit guys say. <sighs> Hello. Hi. Hi. Fuck you, bitch. Like you didn't answer yeah, me. Yeah. Yeah. But I feel like if yeah. you like start an OnlyFans and get into the porn, then you're really opening the floodgates to you're re yeah, that's the, what I'm saying. You're to degenerates, you know. Yeah, you're getting you're opening yourself up to a whole another realm of golems, you know. Yeah, and on top of that, that's it's a very timed thing of being, you know, being like a showing sexy pictures of yourself, or whatever, because you're gonna reach an age where you're not gonna be as attractive, and that's just the fact of life. Yeah. And then what are you gonna do then? Now you're 40 years old. Your pussy is as loose as God knows what. <laughs> it's it's really hard. Loose. It's just hard. Again, like I know it sounds harsh, but at the same time, it's like you got to really prepare for the future. Because like, if you go through this route of just degeneracy and having sex with a billion guys and doing OnlyFans, and then by the time you reach 40, do you know how hard it's going to be to find a good guy? And then you're just complaining like, oh, all men are dicks and they're pigs and stuff like that. But look what you're attracting. Yeah. And I say yeah. this, I care. I say, I say this because I care, not because I'm, you know, it's a, I don't it's care. A like one. if you want to do OnlyFans, do an OnlyFans, but I just don't think it ends well in the future. Assuming that you want to have a long-term happy relationship, uh, which I feel like people tell themselves they don't want when they're younger, but over and over again, as you get side? older, you want it. The bright side of OnlyFans? Yeah. Yeah. Um, a reclaiming of women having power over their bodies and having like a sort of owning their sexuality. I, I feel like with OnlyFans, you see a whole new revolution in uh, body positivity. You see like um, heavier girls being able to rock, rock their bodies more and stuff like that. And like you see... Uh, uh, I don't know. I'm trying to, try to think of the positives of this. Uh, I don't, again, I'm going to sound really mean, but I feel like it'd be better to just put down the fork sort of thing <laughs> than, than put yourself that pictures online. I don't know. I know it's like really yeah. mean. I'm like, but uh, I don't know, man. <laughs> to objectify, because you could have put it the other way around. Like, how would you feel if like you started just putting dick pics online all the time? Would that be owning your body? Uh, I don't think so. I think that women are powerful in and of themselves. They don't need to put them naked pictures of themselves right. to be powerful. Women are freaking, they, they make all the people. They're incredible. I love women. You don't, you don't need to do that.
<laughs> or it's kind of even more yeah. special in a sense to see them naked privately in the room without it pre-seeing it online <clears throat> it's like less special. well it gets like it gets the, that like little kid feeling inside of you yeah because you remember like back when you, you were a kid before there was like naked pictures of everyone was sending naked pictures and stuff you had to you didn't know you just had to use your imagination and then because now i feel like even before people have sex they're seeing each other naked through naked pictures through snapchat and all this stuff but back in the day before all these text messages and stuff like when we were right in our early teens you had to you had to use your imagination to guess what a tit looked like mm, it's true it's definitely true i remember like loading those jpeg images and it was like the slow <laughs> dial-up internet and it'll be like eh, eh. Uh, and get to the nipple and you ah, ah release <laughs> yeah, yeah. uh but you know, I, I get i get the intention behind like i understand the intention but again the road to hell is paved with good intention so i don't just because you have a good intention for something i'm just looking at the reality of how it actually plays out i just don't think it's good especially if you want to oh, find well. a good if you want to find a good man like well, a that's really... the thing. There's, there's gonna be, there's gonna be no good men. Mm. Well, and and it's not to say that women that use OnlyFans are bad women, but um, no, no, no. But you're well, gonna just have be, the and just, but, and just the, because you do a bad thing, and just because you do a bad thing, it doesn't make you a bad person necessarily. You yeah. gotta remove the sin from the sinner sometimes, you know. But yeah, go ahead. What are you, what are you saying? Um, I don't know, but uh, you know, it's like, uh, I like, uh, I like bodies, women's bodies too. So it's like, I, I, I also understand that perspective of it where it's like, yeah, I guess I'll give you like $3 to look at your body. <laughs> yeah, I, I get it. I'm just, again, I'm just looking at it from the perspective of that girl finding a really happy long-term relationship in the future. It would be harder. You are you're definitely closing doors for the good guys and opening more doors for pieces of crap. Uh, I said, "Does it make us?" I threw you into that. Does it make me a bad guy that I would uh like spend money on something like that? No, I, I've done it too, man. I I have lust is one of my biggest problems. So I'm not again. I I get it, but I'm not. But to, I'm not going to frame it to think but it's good. That's all. right. But yes. Yes, it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is a bad thing forgive to do. <laughs> like it's okay. Yeah. You can forgive yourself, but right. just don't convince yourself that it's good. That's that's my right. my argument here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I do bad shit all the time, man. I sin every day. It's fucking hard. It's really hard. That's why, like, yeah. hu humans are fallible by nature. So I, I get it. It's just more framing it to be positive. Again, it's we live in this inverted world. It's like uh, go back to the antichrist sort of thing. They get truth and flip it on its head. And now evil is good and good is evil. And that's not good. <laughs> it's not good, man. You know, I don't know what to do about that. <laughs> What's your plans for the rest of the day? You're just getting started over there. Yeah, just uh, chill, edit, maybe do some reading. What are you working on? Uh, right now. I'm probably going to edit these podcasts actually because I've got a couple of podcasts. And but I haven't recorded a video in a while. I want to start talking. You should yeah. start just doing um, normal topic videos. Like, I don't know if you've ever seen any of those videos that I did 
like the ones I've been doing the last week. Like, for example, I just did a video called Life is Meaningless, but that's okay or something. And I'm just talking mm. about how how meaning is like a personal relationship and there's not like an objective meaning and like we all have our... But anyways, I feel like you could do these type of, you know, videos where you just, you have like a topic like that and you just ramble for 10, 20, 30 minutes, however long. How do you get these topics and, you have... and the titles? How do you what? How do you come up with these topics and titles? Do you just think about it throughout the day, you know, like these, anything you're interested in, like the, like something, you know, any of the stuff that we're talking about. And then you just, uh, you just turn the camera on and start rambling about it and then maybe find something like a, an interesting quote or something you, you said to use as the title. That's but I mean, uh, I got to, I got to do that. Way, everyone tells me to do this, man. So much time on editing. Like all my followers and Yesenia is like, dude, you got to just start making, I think I got too much in my head of like, no, every video has to be like high quality and all that kind of stuff. And, and then all that's done is kind of made me cut down on how many videos I make. Uh, yeah, so. no, I think even just turning the camera on and not even just doing uncut 20-minute talk of just whatever the topic is, you know, just thinking about f philosophy or whatever. Yeah, that's what, that's what I think about a lot, philosophy, religion. I, th but, I think people would appreciate those videos. Where we're at now. I, I, I want to, like, I've been going deeper into nihilism. I think that that's something that a lot of people struggle with, falling into that existential despair mm -hmm. of you know, life is meaningless and we're in the abyss, blah, blah, blah. So yeah. that's, that's something that I want to help people get out of. Yeah. You make like that right there is a video. It's tough to shake out. That's like a series. That's a book, <laughs> but you could like, make it. Yeah. I mean, I mean, yeah, it's a documentary, but I mean, you could just talk about that and just say like, you know, the title of the video, everyone feels nihilistic and it sucks, but you don't have to feel that way or something, you know, I don't, mm. know, I don't know what you call it. But, and then you just talk about it. You know, I, it's why everyone feels nihilistic because of these reasons. And here's how you overcome and transcend those reasons. And I mean, it's basically what you're doing now, but you just don't have to put all the edits and animations and stuff. And mm. just like a raw, a raw like, mental moment. Yeah. That's why I like doing these podcasts and stuff. Yeah. The same thing as a podcast mm. by yourself. A solo podcast. All right. Yeah, solo podcasting. You should do like one a week. I bet, you, I bet your channel would grow a lot. Yeah, I think so. I, I think because uh, there was like a few years where I was going through like a shift in my philosophy. So I was like, oh, I'm, I'm going to keep my mouth shut for a while just so I can go deeper into this and see if, about? see if it sticks. <laughs> right. Sort of thing. Cause I, I've done mistakes in the past of like kind of spouting something that I like recently kind of just heard. And then yeah, later down the track, I'm like, I'm like, Oh, that's wrong. That was completely yeah, fucking wrong. Sucks about that is that someone finds that video, even if it's like five years old or six years old, they're going to be like, fuck you with your stupid thought. Yeah, yeah. This is wrong. <laughs> I know. I know. Reading about it. It's like, man, that was five years ago. Definitely gonna do it. Yeah, I think it's a good time to end it. Sure. Well, we've been going off like two hours. Yeah, two hours. A little bit nice. over two hours, I think. <clears throat> so, what are you up to for the rest of the night? What time? Um, is I'm just gonna go eat some dinner. It's eight here. 
Okay. I'm just going to go eat, make some dinner, and then just chill. Maybe do some editing. Nice. What are you working on? Um, I got a bunch of Mexico stuff, but I want to get that Agori, the Agori stuff done. I just have never, I don't know, I keep keep not working on it. Not working on it, but it's almost done. Maybe like four or five days if I really worked on it. <laughs> I just remembered my spiritual Indian name, Prabhu Das. Prabhu Das. I got spiritually named. That's my Hindu name. <laughs> Prabhu Das. Prabhu Das. Yeah, people comment that on my video sometimes. Someone said, was like, where's Prabhu Das at? <laughs> where's Prabhu Das? That's Indians, hilarious. Indians call me Gajananda still. <laughs> That's hilarious. You're yeah, we're going to go to India best. again. That'll be cool. Like maybe the, the south. Best. Maybe the south this time. Now we go to the north, the northeast. Or north, north, like where, or where no, no, the Dalai no, Lama like, is. No, that's the northwest. Okay. Go to the northeast. What's in the northeast? That's north like, uh, that's the unknown territory. People don't travel there. Really? That's the tribal area. Whoa. Yeah. That's like, it's like away from all the civilizations and it's just like. What, what's the main religion? Hindu? Is that part I don't or? even know. Probably some tribal stuff. Oh, like its own, like its own not, thing. Yeah, it's probably its own thing. Nagaland. That's where I want to go. I want to go to a place called Nagaland. Nagaland. Awesome. Yeah, I, I, man, I haven't, I haven't left this country. This is the longest I haven't left Australia for. Yeah, as soon as it opens, we gotta, we'll, we'll go somewhere crazy. Wherever you want to go, we'll, we'll, we'll since, go. Yes. What? Since March last year. And we're still closed, man. We don't, uh, we don't know what's, what's happening. Since March last year, it's only been a year, year and a half. Only in Mex Mexico, man. I was like, I remember in Peru when we said goodbye to each other. We're like, all right, see you in a couple months in Mexico. <laughs> <laughs> and that didn't end up happening at all. Well, it did for you, but India is better than Mexico. Yeah, I like India better than Mexico. I mean, I love Mexico because I mean, in Mexico is a little bit is a little bit closer to our kind of culture. I like India because it's so wild. Yeah. Yeah. It's so crazy. It's different. Mexico is not as crazy. So it's like, it's not as exciting every day. Like India is just so, there's, there's really, I've never been to another place that's like that. That's just so crazy. The streets mm. are just always alive. There's always noise everywhere. I would imagine uh, Japan would be a similar thing. Are you like, there? Whoa, this is a different world, you know? You remember when we were in that tuk-tuk and that one building started exploding? We were in the street. Steffi Lee was there. She was with us. The we building exploded. It just started like, like, like the wires all started catching on fire and it just started like pop, pop, pop. Oh, sh are you sure I was there? Maybe this was before I arrived. I'm not sure. I arrived. There. Yeah, maybe before you arrived. But That's when we went to the mosque. Yeah. That was so funny. Let's get in Oh, you know who out. just messaged me recently? <laughs> Who? The little guy from the mosque. Oh, really? What's he doing? Yeah. Nice. Uh, he he just says like hello and doesn't really he doesn't go deep into conversation. I was just like, do you remember me? And he just says yes. <laughs> but, yeah, yeah. I'm sure. I mean, yeah, he's alive. He's doing good. I think. Yeah. There's a. Yeah. No, that was awesome. That was like my first, it was my first mosque experience too. 
It's super like, cool. Remember the, you remember the uh, that one woman kept following her, following us around, begging for money, and there's that little building that says like no women allowed, and we just walked in, walked in there, so yeah. stop begging. Yeah. Well, you we can't follow me in here. <laughs> Only men allowed. Yeah, that's crazy. A, a giant that guy, sign like, says the no guy with the green allowed. robe, he was like, no, like don't give her money. Yeah. So we're just like trying to ignore Dude, her. That place was crazy. That's like that's a, that's one of the craziest places in Delhi yeah definitely it's a whole that's like walking back in time or something we're wearing the hats and everything and we brought jamie yeah, we, we went with three times we went with the three times the first time was definitely the most scary that's because i was really yep. stoned and paranoid and i was in this there was a lot of foreign languages it was, and just, that, it was just a crazy people. night too the energy was different that night yeah it's like diagonally diagonally yeah it's totally like diagonally yeah for sure and to go in a and it's a different religion, so it's like a different religion, different country, different language. It's very overwhelming. And like the I poverty, feel... the poverty of India. There's like goats walking around and cats and like, or people yeah, dragging themselves reminds... without legs, like amputated legs. Oh, or something. Yeah. you see that sometimes. Yeah, that's pretty. It's it reminds pretty me of like the mystery, the end, the, the starting scene of Aladdin, where the guy's like, "Hey, come, come with me. Look at here. Check out my trinkets." <laughs> He's like opening his uh his trench coat and it's just full of like artifacts. That's what I feel like that little place is. Come yeah. over here. <laughs> now nah, it's cool, man. I, I I would love to go again. More prepared. Yeah, we'll definitely go there again. Better camera gear and all that kind of stuff. Middle East. I just want to. And travel, we're pretty man. ballsy, man. Just I wouldn't walk the way I walk around in India with my camera. I wouldn't walk around like that in Mexico. Nah. I don't. I don't want, no, but in, but in India, it's cool. Everyone India loves is it. different because even if yeah, because even if you're not like a really ghetto part, it's like they're Indians. Like, come on. <laughs> <laughs> like Mexicans are like, oh, they're Mexicans. Indians are like, oh, they're Indians. <laughs> like they're, they're so much like more friendlier, you know. I feel. Yeah, it's true. It is true. Like way less I mean, chance you're gonna get robbed, and stuff. but even like for example, I feel like white people, for example, I feel like they're regarded as like on a higher status and it's just part of their culture yeah and you see it you see it in the advertisements on the billboards it's always white people blue yeah. eyes and you, you, you can even buy uh skin bleaching kits yeah, in india there you go because dark skin indicates that you're poor and you see it within businesses right you can always tell who's the manager it's always the yeah. the white the white the light-skinned Indian, mm -hmm. and so I think that's maybe part of the reason why I'm much more ballsy in India. Like I'll go in the middle of the ghetto and pull out my three thousand yeah, dollar camera. I don't care; it's fine. Yeah, but in me Mexico, yeah, no, nah, you can't do that in Mexico. I don't even know if I'd do that in Australia, dude. In some parts, yeah, yeah, Mexico. And I think because, and maybe because parts. in India everyone's like smaller, like everyone's smaller than me. You could see over one's head. Yeah. <laughs> and they're pretty peaceful, man. I feel like, generally speaking, I, I didn't have any, like, issues. Like, no no oh, one trying to steal. No, never. Like, a lot of bullshitting. There was definitely a lot of that. Just people lying through their teeth. Trying to rip you off for, like, a dollar or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. things like that. And, like, I, I have empathy for that because of where they're at. But eventually, that empathy goes down the tube, and you're like, all right, 
fuck off. <laughs> like you just get like over it. Yeah. Especially when you're, you're in India for a long time. Jamie was funny. I yeah, towards really... the end, man. Towards the end, you're a whole different people. You're you're a different person. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everybody that visits in. But Jamie was funny. Fuck like, off. T- talking to the sadhus and stuff. Jamie, like, so yeah, what? He was Does fed putting, up. Like, so what? Does putting this orange robe make you spiritual? <laughs> like, <laughs> uh-huh. It wasn't. It wasn't framed that mean. I'm just saying it like that for comedic purposes. But it was just funny. That was. It's really cool. Like he was always willing to challenge people like even sadhus and the holy teachers i respected that i'm like man that's that's awesome yeah. it, it, it kind of inspired me to be more like that me too. Yeah, like me to too. actually call people out on their bullshit instead of just like oh yeah uh-huh. i can't because i get caught in the bullshit sometimes like if someone starts like giving me the runaround i'll like fall like remember like we were in varnasi and this guy we somehow got caught with this guy and jamie got mad and walked away <laughs> Yeah, remember yeah. that it's like i don't have time for this shit yeah i don't have fucking time for this I mean, and he, you guys he, have fun yeah. he even told us it's like why are you giving this person your energy like what are you doing yeah i'm like well, i don't, I don't know, know man we're in too deep <laughs> we're yeah in too we're in deep. too deep <laughs> to the point where it got to the like we'll keep bumping into him and it's like oh he wanted us to like pay money to show us around and by the end of it we just ended up leaving and it's like i can't believe you I've never yeah, met people yeah. like you. Because <laughs> like, <laughs> I didn't want to pay him. I didn't want to pay the guy. Because we already oh, paid. Because they asked for more. He's like, all right, you can do a donation if you want. And then it, uh, that already turns into like, all right, you need to pay this. And then you pay this. And then it's like, all right, by the way, you need to do this. And then it's like, all right. Fuck Remember off. the guy that was on the motorcycle and I had the, the, the foreigner in the back of the motorcycle with him and he hit the and, cow and killed the girl? And she died, yep. I remember yep. they were selling hash yeah they were the drug deal they were the yeah the drug yeah, dealers drug of the na- of the neighborhood it was pretty cool I, like i've definitely learned a lot so next india man india has like really helped me kind of be more cutthroat when i need to sort of yeah me too plow through so i think when i go back it'll be much much easier i, I just love that raw environment like that like when we were hanging out in that little tunnel, that spooky ass tunnel that you would never hang out anywhere else in the world, where Jamie was arguing with that sadhu, and we were smoking, we were smoking hash with those guys, with the guy that killed that girl. Yeah, yeah. Just in this crazy we're situation, smoking where, hash where? with the guy who killed that girl. <laughs> like, imagine like listening to that out of context. <laughs> yeah, go on. I mean, but like, where else on earth would you, would you be in this situation? Nah. In some creepy tunnel, there's like sadhus around, a guy that killed a girl, we're smoking hash. No way, man. And the footage, man, every, everything is like cinematic. Like how many times would I like just start recording and it was just like a movie scene? Just shit would just The guy happening. peeing, wasn't there like a dog and the guy was peeing yeah. next to the dog or something? <laughs> yes. It's like, oh man, that's so sad. And people like cool. the camera, like people are way more open to getting recorded. Right. I've never been somewhere where they want to be on camera so bad. Yeah. Like they want, they want it. Me, me, me. Yeah. And super cheap as well. That's what I like about India. But the food, the food it. is the only thing that's like, oh, I think yeah, next hard. time we go, we're going to like figure out a way to do better, man. Cause that, that really that was- took a toll on me. It took me like when, a month to recover. Dude, I was drinking like, soft drinks, we were... man. I, did, I told you, I don't drink soft drinks. I didn't drink soft drinks for like 
six years. I'm not even joking. I haven't had a sip of soft drink for six years until I went to India because of going to the shit mountain. And I needed my body's like, you need some poison to kill this fucking shit particle. So I had a Coca-Cola. And in that oh as, and in that context, actually, it was probably medicine. But that garbage mountain, man, I don't know. I feel like it's just shh, you see vultures flying around everywhere. Horrible. There's probably corpses all under that mountain. And shit and then there's like for a, sure and then there's, there's like a, there. there's like a fish seafood place up like next to it or something fish and eggs or something oh, yeah gross. the fish market yeah right fish next chicken market right next to the the place i, I would just move up. i was I so close to bad for up. business i could go <laughs> open a market anywhere else and do better right anywhere else <laughs> Maybe not next to the shit mountain. Anywhere else. Yeah. Anywhere but the shit mountain. Yeah, that was amazing. <laughs> Whoa. Whoa, and we're like, I can get the, they're and, still there right now. And Jamie had like that fucking that wet wipe or whatever. And I couldn't breathe in my mouth. And you're just like, you you, had, you were breathing through your mouth. You couldn't even breathe through your nose. Yeah. Yeah, I'm almost, breathing my nose at all. It would have been one of those situations that if you threw up, it would have been an uncontrolled that would have triggered it more and you would have kept throwing up to the point where you die yeah. i reckon you just throw up <laughs> to your bed <laughs> well because when you throw up you oh. want to isolate yourself in the toilet and not constantly smell this, this stuff. is ho- so horrible people live there man yeah well, you're telling me that they're they there right like, now they have like black lungs and stuff like that like they die Crazy. by the age of 30 i know it, 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 it is- makes you think and be grateful for where you are you know even now how much like, you think it costs to have an apartment over there at the shit mountain yeah it must be so cheap to live over by that it must ten be bucks. like straight up 10 bucks a month yeah probably it probably really is really cheap it must be like 20 bucks a month 10 bucks a month oh imagine living in that stink though man you get used to they it eventually it, but think? i think that's worse if you get used to it Cause then you're just constantly breathing in that, breathing in that shit. That's, it's toxic. Literally breathing in shit. Yeah, that's toxic. That's got to be so bad to breathe. Every time I think about that memory, my face already kind of scrunches up. Like, oh man, that was so bad. As soon as we opened that Uber door, we knew that we fucked up. Yeah, we were unprepared. We didn't bring anything to block our nose. Nothing. And, and it was warm. Picture the worst smell you've ever smelt in your life. Uh, but hot Indian. Warm. Day. Oh. And it looks like a mountain as you're approaching it. You're just like, oh, look at that beautiful mountain over there. <laughs> All the birds flying around it. And you go closer, and you, like, wait, they're vultures, vultures. number one. And <laughs> yeah, this is Mordor. I've, who's, I've never, I don't think I've ever seen a bunch of vultures circling a place in my life. Have you? That's the first I last. saw vultures eat a dead dog one time in Costa Rica. Whoa. Yeah. That was tough as well for me. I know it's like a program, especially in Australia. We love dogs. Oh, the dogs. Like this is the kind of place, like if you were to see someone beat a dog in public, that person would get absolutely smashed. Yeah. We freaking love, you don't mess with dogs here. Yeah. So going to, so that's like my, my upbringing. So going to India and seeing dogs getting treated like crap and then cows getting treated like gods. It's like, whoa, what a. Crazy, right? It's a so, different so paradigm completely different paradigm but i think i don't know because i think like when i think about dogs 
it's like we've bred them through so many generations to be our best friends. So I feel like it's almost a, a heavier karma to kill a dog. Yeah, I agree. Because like you've pretended for generations and generations, like we're your best friend. And then they just start torturing them or whatever it is. Like we saw some horrible stuff with dogs, obviously. Yeah. And so that was like really, really tough for me to get through. And but I try to understand different culture and whatnot. But, you know, on, on the other hand, I eat cow. So I'm sure an Indian will probably be horrified at what I'm doing. <gasps> It's illegal in some places to eat cow in India. Yeah, but I, I don't eat a cow for just fun or pleasure. I do it for health. I know that sounds ridiculous, yeah. but I do. I don't eat it for pleasure. It can be pleasurable though. Don't get me wrong. You know Pete? Hey? Pete from Arcana? Pete? Yeah, yeah, of course. I think he's uh, eaten dog before. On purpose? Yeah, on purpose. Oh, Dim Sim. In China. Because <laughs> he speaks Chinese. Ah, yeah, they do those those dog festivals. I think that's happening like, now. They skin dogs alive. Yeah, I think that's going on right now. Makes them, makes them taste better. Yeah, I don't know. Mm, it, don't it's know hard, that, it, that it's a hard be. conversation, man, because at the same time, like what makes one animal okay to eat and another one not okay to eat? I don't know. Yeah, it's tough. But there seems to I don't be know if such, there's an answer. But there seems to be certain differences, you know. I don't think that all animals are made equal. Like I feel like eating a cow would be very different to eating a monkey. I'm talking like health-wise, like how your body would actually react to it. Right. Like I think nature has put up these guards of like, all right, well, you well, can well. eat animals, but just certain ones. Don't eat all of them. Some yeah. of them you're not supposed to eat at all. Yeah, because like eating humans gives you a certain disease, I think, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And some animals just have different roles, right? You have a rabbit and you got a wolf. You got deer, you got lion. And it's just is the lion bad for eating a deer? I don't think so. But it's just about doing it. Obviously, we've gone way too far with factory farming, yada yada yada. Uh just for those listening, I ha- I used to be a vegan for about three years so i do i definitely understand i went really deep into it but then my body started to fall apart because i remember even in india because i i I remember telling you like i'm not going to eat cow number one because i feel like it's disrespectful because i'm in india i'm in their culture but second of all i don't trust the meat that they would have either so i went full bejo in india you remember eating that pasta in uh the place wherever the rat temple was at beaconier we ordered some pasta or something. Oh, and I just remember like, fuck, we took a, a couple bites of it and we were like, I can't even eat this. No. Just like the kind food. of pissed off because we're hungry. Every time I feel about, uh, every time I think about food in India, I just feel sad. I'm like, oh man, that wasn't very good. But I hear the South of India has like way better food. That's the, that's what they say. But could that just be because South, you know, people are from there. So they're going to obviously say like, no, we have the best food. I mean, the street food's pretty good. It just depends where you're at. It is. Remember the street food we is good. Jodhpur? It's just not healthy. That's the thing. So there's... Yeah. I feel like everything that we had was like super unhealthy. Some stuff that tasted bad that was unhealthy and some stuff that tasted good yeah. that was unhealthy. But it was all unhealthy. Yeah, yeah definitely. Like the samosas. Sure. It's like deep fried stuff. And they probably yeah. 
use the same oil. Different. They probably use the same oil as well. They don't change it for a year. Yeah. Exactly. So it's. But yeah, go to India. That's what we're saying. <laughs> yeah, yeah, go to India. No, it's good. It's good for you. I think it's good to see like that aspect of reality. And I think that if it's taken in the right context, you will go back home and be so grateful. <laughs> I love it. I wish I, I wish I was going there tomorrow. Yeah. We just got to figure out a way to eat healthier food, like plan. That's the, that's the only thing that I would change. Because it really When we were up in, up in Casol, remember when we were getting the watermelon juice and stuff all the time? Mm. That, that was good food there yeah it was we had like the pad thai and stuff you remember yep yep in the building <laughs> remember yeah, i did like I remember. the cartoon I, I fell down the stairs like a cartoon character <laughs> <laughs> i like slipped all the way down like a 15 <laughs> lights thing of stairs i remember those like nazi symbol looking things i know it's not a nazi symbol but yeah to the untrained swastika. eye it looks like a swastika yeah over every step that would That's suck so funny Imagine the that was, there was good food brought, at that place. Yeah. yeah, yeah, definitely. The watermelon. But see, that was more Tibetan. Like, yeah, it was technically yeah. India, but it didn't feel like India to yeah. me. You already get yeah. into Tibet land. The food was different. The quality was different. Yeah. It was less annoying people. People kind of like you could just kind of I mean, chill, we, watch the shop and not have someone disturb you. Right. That yeah. kind of thing. We were in like we, we did like a pretty rough route. Like the India. We were real, <laughs> yeah. real, real India. People ask me, it's like, where did you go? I went to hell. I went to hell and back. But yeah, we there were like, some really like, nice moments though, like that sleeping in the desert under the full moon. I remember having the that goat curry. I think that was the only meat that I had throughout the entire trip. And I remember that was amazing. And that was the best meal that I had. Weren't we sleeping outside in the jungle too with those sadhus? Yeah, we were. With a net, over, obviously, yeah, with a netting. That was miserable, still sleeping out in that thing. In that hard-ass a, bed. A monkey barber, he comes to you. One of some of you, he loved Dakota's vape pen. It changed his life. Those guys, man, those guys are probably just chilling there still. <laughs> he actually sounds like that. That's, that's funny. Like, we're not even exaggerating. <laughs> that guy's cool such a badass character dude this npcs npcs eh? the npcs of life Mm. would you go to pakistan i would love to it's open right now really yep Yep. you can go anyone can go the middle east is also open yeah, I'd love to go to the Middle East, actually. I don't know why. There's just something about it. It's amazing. I feel like people would be really friendly there. Yeah, it's amazing. I, I have, um, like, one of my best mates is a is a Muslim. And they're always, like, so, like, just beautiful people, man. Like, so friendly and hospitable, and they welcome you. <laughs> the most, actually, the, India might be the most hospitable place I've ever been. But outside of that, the Middle East is so hospitable i mean like india in the middle east there's it's un unmatched anywhere else that i've been in the world mm. people just are give like when i was in palestine people were giving me free rides giving me food everything was free basically wow free tea coffee cigarettes yeah it's nice like that 
when people are just like have open arms and they know you're a tourist they just go above and beyond to like make sure that you're having a good time yeah some people some countries are not like that at all it's like the opposite it's like it's a bloody bloody tourist i heard Mm -hmm. france is like that a lot like if you don't speak french yeah fuck france i look down here everyone hates france it's so funny i feel like it's a universal like hate group ah the french (laughs) i don't even know what it is I don't even know what they are, but I just hate them. (laughs) Yeah, I feel that way. (laughs) I know, like no logical reason. I I guess they kind of had that. They kind of had that pretentious sort of. But it's really the guys because I I don't I don't feel like that with with the girls. Like when a woman speaks has a French French accent, yeah, it's like sexy, yeah. But when a guy speaks it like that 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 Mm. certain tone, Mm, I'm French. Yeah, yeah. Like shut up, dude. But, you know, hmm, you ever seen the what's that? What's their th- the thing they have in France? The Eiffel Tower. Hmm, you ever seen the Eiffel Tower? You ever had a kiss <laughs> under the Eiffel Tower? Hmm. Yeah. Is that a reindeer? I feel like they still wear. Is it what? Is that a reindeer on your mic? It's um the blue deer. <clears throat> it's the peyote and the blue deer. Because that's that's the spirit that represents the peyote plant right yeah i don't fully understand the story of it but something like that okay because in peru they 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 symbolize the san pedro cactus with the hummingbird interesting yeah i don't know check this thing out my smudger whoa what feather is that uh i think it's an owl feather wow That's really cool. <laughs> I wish I have it. I'm going to get it next time. Oh, nice. Uh, in Australia, it's very common for you to buy kangaroo balls as a bottle opener. <laughs> oh, fuck. Like literal kangaroo balls. <laughs> Crazy. Yeah. You got a dragon ball behind you? Yes, that's right. The four-star dragon nice. ball. Just finished washing it the other day. Good stuff. You've, you've, have you seen every episode? Yeah, yeah, multiple times. That's a lot of episodes. One How of the main episodes? reasons I want to go to Japan. Well, there's Dragon Ball, which has just under 200 episodes, and there's Dragon Ball Z, which has 291 episodes, and then you got Dragon Ball Super, which has about 120 episodes. Do you think you've seen every single one of them and all of them? Yeah, yeah, for sure, definitely. That's crazy. Dragon Ball Z, I've seen like a few times each. So I've probably watched it like five times over. And then Super, I've seen a couple times. Pretty good, man. There's Japanese. They know how to make their... They're still making them or no? Yeah, they are. A new Dragon Ball movie is coming out next year. So I'm very excited. It's been a long time. And they just keep adding on to the story or they retelling the story? Yeah. Like Super didn't come out until like almost 20 years after Dragon Ball Z ended. And it started off with a movie and it was a, a direct continuation of Z. So it's really cool. So it's like 20 years later, but the story itself is like directly a direct continuation. And they go higher. It's more about multiverses, you know, like the last tournament was like the tournament of power, which is like all these universes fighting for their survival. So it was like as epic as it gets. You should watch it. It's good stuff. <laughs> 
Well, I don't know I've if you should. Really watched it's, it before. It's a long. It's it's yeah. It's a big commitment. Yeah. That's something you gotta start. That's a journey, like a journey you have to start as a kid. <sighs> or at least watch some episodes as a kid, just to kind of familiarize yourself. Yeah. Well, because I had a mate of mine who's Everyone never watched it. Because my mate, he never watched Dragon Ball Z, or he watched like a few episodes, but he watched it for the first time properly as an adult, and he loved it. Really? So, yeah. Absolutely loved it. He got obsessed. He watched the whole thing. He watched Dragon Ball, Dragon Ball Z, and Dragon Ball Super all in a row. That's a lot of episodes. Because I was thinking that too. Netflix? I'm like, oh, maybe it's, oh, I have a, it's like an anime for Netflix sort of thing, anime lab. Mm-hmm. So you pay a subscription and you get like basically all right. anime shows. Sweet as. Um, yeah, man. I reckon, I know I said we're going to stop recording. <laughs> like half an hour ago i'm the worst at saying goodbye uh but we'll leave it we'll leave the recording at that uh do you want to share people at home what are you doing where to reach you yep um so my name is dakota you can reach me over at dakota of earth on youtube dakota went on instagram twitter and all that good stuff and um life's a mystery life's a garden baby dig it enjoy the unfolding <laughs> and hopefully the next time we speak yeah. to each other will be with Tommy Chong. With Tommy Chong. Yeah, he definitely. Oh, and if you want to watch another another one, another yes. podcast with me, Tom, and Tommy Chong, you can go over to my YouTube and it's on there. A Place for Humans podcast with your mate Tom and Tommy Chong. Beautiful. The psychedelic Toms. All right, guys. Catch you later. Have a good one. Peace.